What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Oh, you know, Vladimir Putin's talking about nukes or whatever. The other day we were like, oh man, you know, World War III because this uh, NATO thing, you know, NATO's basically like somebody sabotaged something. And if you come for us, we will retaliate with collective force. And we're like, what does that mean? But it does sound like we're, you know, we're walking into what I would consider to be like World War III territory. And then today, Vladimir Putin announces he's annexing four uh, regions, I suppose, of uh, Ukraine. And then Vladimir, uh, Volodymyr, sorry, Vladimir Zelensky formally files to join NATO. Huh. And if that actually happens, it is World War III. This would mean that NATO enters in, uh, would admit Ukraine into the military alliance, fully understanding that they are currently at war. But of course they do. NATO is basically funding the entire operation. So why would NATO say no to Ukraine? Hey, we all knew what was going on. Let's just make it official. How about that? So we'll talk about that, plus a bunch of other stories. Text messages from Elon Musk released. Oh, this one's going to be funny. Uh, Elon may have to buy Twitter. So that'll get interesting. Before we get started, head over to TimCast.com. Become a member in order to support our work. We got all these hardworking journalists every day cranking out these stories, fact-checking and writing away, and field reporting on the ground. All for you. And as members, you are supporting their work. So if you want to see more of that, Become a member. You'll, you will also get access to our other shows like Cast Castle, Tales from the Inverted World, and of course, TimCast IRL Uncensored Monday through Thursday at 11 p.m. Don't forget to smash that like button, subscribe to this channel, and be the notification. People keep saying they're not getting notifications. Some have said they've started coming back, but it's it's very likely that, uh, well, I'll, I'll put it this way. YouTube specif- specified they are suppressing content because they're worried about mis- disinformation, and this right before the midterms. So if you think what we talk about and the news that we report on is important, then be the notification and share this video on any social media platform you got. Joining us today to talk about this and so much more is our good friend, Will Chamberlain. Good to be here. Senior counsel at the Internet Accountability Project and the Article 3 Project. Um, and uh, looking forward to talking about, well, I guess not looking forward to talking <laughs> about <laughs> we're facing World War Three. A big fan of Dilbert. Very happy to have him here uh, w- w- with us here. <laughs> Okay. I forgot about that. And, 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 I forgot about that. <laughs> That's right. That was your old nickname. And, 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 and guys, okay, I promise. I promise. It's over. Or or is it? Oh. No, no. No more. What are you doing? No more goofs. <laughs> I promise. I'm just kidding. I just wanted to see how you guys would react. I had a lot of things to get off my chest uh, this oh. week. So I, I thank you so much for being patiently with me as we had this burden lifted away from all of us. And uh, okay. We're going to be serious, and this is why I'm wearing a very serious shirt that says, I identify as hyperinflation with our wonderful, bodacious inspiration to us all that you could get on thebestpoliticalshirts.com. Because you do that, this is why I'm here. Thank you again so much for having me and dealing with me and my <laughs> my humor and my... I like that shirt a lot. My pranks and my goofs. Hey, everyone. I did my part. I'm doing my part to preserve world peace by learning the Cyrillic alphabet last night. I believe I have it memorized, so I'm going to recite it really quick. It's A, B, V, G, D. Yeah, yo, je, ze, uh, i, i, krakaya, 
K L M N O P R S T O F K C Chi you yeah. keeps going. Impressive. Thirty-three letters. Thank Impressive. You. There's I, also was, two. You didn't cheat. No, I didn't cheat. Yeah. I have it memorized. I, I did it. I learned letter by letter last night on the internet, and then I was memorizing. And I just kept repeating it. I repeated it like fifteen times. So what? What? Ha the way to do it is you, you do as many as you can until you mess one up, then you start over, and you do that until you can get it in one playthrough, mm -hmm. and then you repeat the playthrough eight or more times, yeah. and after that, you'll have it memorized. A lot of people don't know this, but Luke only reads Cyrillic. That's yeah, true. his yeah. computer it translates all art. It's, it's all English, yeah. but it's just it's really It's all scribbles. Full yeah. disclaimer, there are two silent letters that don't make a sound. It's a soft accent and a hard accent. Wait, are you saying Tim Cast IRL has been infiltrated by the Russians? <laughs> no, he's Polish. No. Oh, oh, oh right. that's right. Sorry. You <laughs> forgot Infiltrated about by the Poles. Yeah. Yeah. And the great thing about Cyrillic. Yeah, NATO, so we're good. Cyrillic is it's phonetic. So if you see the letters on a, on a map, on, on a screen, you can just pronounce them each phonetically. There's no like O-I-S oh, going wa nice. or anything. There's nothing like that in Russian. In oh, yeah. Cyrillic. No, English. English is bizarre. Yeah, it's very easy to read once you know what the letters are. Have fun with it. Well, we are all preparing for World War III differently. I'm just here pushing buttons in the corner, and I'm excited to hear what we have to talk about. I just want to bring something up oh before we start the show. So, uh, got big news. This New Year's, we have acquired something called the North End Domination of Times Square, which is, there's two towers. There's the Ball Drop Tower and the North Tower. On the North Tower is a series of ads. Two of them, I think, belong to, but like overtly belong to like Coke or something. You can't get them. We bought all the other ones. So on New Year's Eve, and we don't, we don't have 100% control of it. We get, I think we're getting 10%. But this means on New Year's Eve, with everybody watching all around the world and CNN standing there, mm -hmm. you are going to see Timcast on the entirety of the tower, left, right, top, bottom, sides. And I'm trying to figure out exactly what it should say. But it should say something good, yeah. something very good. And along with this, we are also cordially invited to New York's official Times Square VIP elite party where the politicians are going to be. And uh, we're bringing Luke. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm excited. Do this. I'm excited to mingle with the uh, Illuminati. Giuliano so <laughs> yeah. will be there oh, and you'll be yeah. like, you know what happened. It was a, so this is it's going to be on during the New Year celebration. And um you know, the, the, the whole point of doing it, I guess, is I we have, we have a story today. Uh, we'll, we'll maybe talk about Trevor Noah quitting. And I'm just looking at the ratings collapse of all these channels, the rise of independent media, seeing what the Daily Wire has been pulling off and what, what we are able to accomplish. And, you know, there's a lot of people who have the means, but they don't do this kind of stuff. But I'm, I'm, I'm all about it. I'm 100% culture warrior, baby. So we are going to have, I think it's five different billboards all at once on the whole tower. Mm -hmm. And uh, we got to figure out exactly what we want it to say, but it's going to say something fun. There are restrictions, but it can say something cool, like you are not the elite anymore. Something like that. Watch Timcast IRL or whatever. And it's going to, it's just, the whole thing is we are, we are taking over the cultural spaces. We are, we are pushing them out. We are taking the spaces they have seated. And then we are going to be standing there in the party with New York politicians and, you know, corporate elites. I, I, I was, I was kind of shocked when they, when I talked to the company about this, and they said, yeah, you yeah, know, we'll get you in the party. And I'm like, are you sure? And they're like, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> I'm like, it's not like we're going to act a fool or anything, mm -hmm. but, but it's, it's going to be really interesting to say yeah. the least. So I just, wanted to, I just wanted to say that. And I wanted to say thank you to everybody who supports the show. We weren't sure exactly if we wanted to do this because I was like, does it really matter that we are going to have this massive portion of Times Square on New Year's? And I talked to a few people 
And the answer was kind of like a, yeah, probably. Because that's a, that's, a, that's a big statement to make, especially when they're constantly smearing us and lying about us in the media. Mm-hmm. Just to just to assert ourselves above them. Oh, yeah. And then have yeah. it be on every TV screen when Times Square is shown all around the world for the countdown. It's good. Yeah. Do something like just seriously inspirational because then no one can complain. And if they do, they look like a fool. I don't know. I was kind of, you know, do we want to have a chip on our shoulder and insult the establishment? Not or do we want to just brag and be like, we're here, baby. Yeah. Pump up the kids, man. Give them something to live for. That's a good point. Or just, just send a message that makes them think and breaks the conditioning. That would be powerful that's why you're gone yeah typically it's been um me luke ian and michael malice on the uh on the ads that we've done times square i'm thinking maybe we, we go with the same thing that'd be mm-hmm. cool but we'll see we'll see what we have let's read the news let's jump into the story from the guardian ukraine applies for nato membership after russia annexes territory Vladimir Zelensky dismisses moscow ceremony as a farce and rules out negotiations with putin well, there you go there uh there he is he signed the paperwork i thought it was funny because like i don't know what that paperwork says for all I know, it could be like an order form for Giordano's or something, you know. Mm-hmm. But but he signed it, and we watched him do it, and he said it was to join NATO. If Ukraine were admitted into NATO right now, we would formally be in World War Three. Correct. It would be because of Article Five. Yes. What is right. the Article Five? Is that you got to defend the NATO allies? <clears throat> yeah, common defense. But if they're already at war, then it wouldn't trigger Article Five, as far as I don't. I don't know actually, but I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure that effectively that's saying we're at war and that Russia is now at war with the NATO alliance. It, it, in, yeah, it's a mutual alliance pact. So if one member of NATO gets gets attacked, all of NATO has to come in and protect that one particular country that got attacked. But I think the way... So, sorry, go ahead. I think, I think work is if, if you're not in NATO when you get attacked, you can't be like, oops, hey guys, mm, can I rejoin I, NATO in retrospect? No, you weren't in NATO. Well, they're, I don't, they're I don't not gonna, people aren't going to let them in. That's the, that's the way this yeah. whole conundrum gets solved is that NATO is not going to admit Ukraine right you now. Know, you know, I, I, I lean towards that because it seems absurd for and like you need one NATO member state to be like, nah, 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 nah. yeah, but considering the fact that NATO is basically already involved. I mean, it's, you know, it's one thing to be already involved is another thing to be at f- formally at war. My understanding, yeah. correct me if I'm wrong, is doesn't it doesn't Article five actually say that the attacked nation gets to dictate the terms of the of the assistance? I don't know. Let me let's 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 yeah, pull but, up Article five of NATO. I, we're gonna talk I about think it. and I could be wrong. I thought it was something like. You know, if like France is attacked, then France says, okay, we need help and you guys are going to supply us with this. This is how World War One got started with well, a bunch of defensive packs. Well, this is, so we want to avoid that. I, I was just going to say that. I, I was going to say historians reading our current history a hundred years from now are going to be like, these idiots didn't figure out from the first world war that they shouldn't have huge alliances and packs and protecting each other. There was a second world war and a third world world. And of course, there's that famous Einstein quote about World War Three being fought with weapons that are unknown, but World War Four and Five being fought with sticks and stones. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm butchering the quote here, but but you get the gist of what I'm saying here. And this is just an atrocious situation that is extremely dangerous for everyone, and it's ridiculous. You said and World I War Five, World War Four, World War World War Five. Yeah, it, it was like I know not. Uh, I'll, I'll pull it up. Just because I know sure. not uh, what weapons world 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 war three would be fought with but i know that world war four will be fought with sticks and stones yes it is ryan here and i have a question for you what do you do when you win 
Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. That's a good yeah. quote. And then he goes on to say that World War V is going to be lit. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh wow, that's a great. It's thing. a really <laughs> terrible situation. I mean, it's it, first off, it's it's terrible that we have Russia annexing like parts of Ukraine and saying, well, this is now Russia, because yep. that's that that puts Putin in a place where he doesn't have like an easy way to back down. I mean, oh, that's impossible to back right, down. Yeah. Right, right. He can't back down. He can't. I mean. He can't but say, but neither but neither can any other Russian leader if someone were to take over after him. Right. It's kind of like saying, this is what I wanted, now I've got it, so leave me alone. A little but, bit, but I mean, he's saying that Russian territory, or sorry, Ukraine, Ukrainian territory is now Russian territory, and so, I mean, it kind of eliminates the possibility of some sort of comprom- territorial compromise uh, because, you know, ultimately you want Russia, you know, I mean, you want a negotiated agreement here. I think we all think that's best because we don't want world nuclear war. If, um, if Putin is uh, dying, like they say he is, <clears throat> and someone else comes in, that's it. What do you do then? Cede your newly annexed territory back to Ukraine? You don't no, well, liberate well, it. It's also important to note here that the person that is uh, most most likely to take over for Putin is more of a war hawk than he is. We're also in a place where Russia hasn't officially declared war, even though we are in a in a in a war. Obviously, he's still calling it a limited military operation. But uh, I, I do think that, that this setup could be the larger setup for the use of nuclear weapons, smaller tactical nuclear weapons. But also, this could be, with his annexation of four new territories and regions today, an excuse to call out for a full all-out war. And then he's going to attack the infrastructure. He's going to get uh, on the energy grid. And then truly, we will see a very large escalation. And, and will, you know, I, I, I agree with you, but I disagree with you when you said you know, NATO's going to say no, because with how crazy this situation has been already, with how far it has been escalating, who knows if if NATO says the situation got even crazier, he used nukes, let's just accept Ukraine right now and just make it official. It, I, I see that as a small possibility, uh, but right now unlikely, but who knows with how far I mean, we're going to go. That, like, I think that in the world where Putin actually did use tactical nuclear weapons, I don't know what NATO would do. And I mean, that's they, a terrifying world. <laughs> I don't think they retaliate. Yeah. There was a there's a really funny quote that I read. I can't remember who it was, um, who it was from. But they said, if Russia were to nuke a NATO member state, NATO would not respond with a nuclear strike against Russia. They said you would have to the president would have to be a madman to sacrifice Boston for uh, what was it? Uh, what's the what's the Polish city? Poznan? Mm-hmm. Poznan. Poznan. Yeah, he said you'd have to be a madman to sacrifice Boston for Poznan. Well, you know, there's a lot of things that we also have to understand here, especially when it comes to our chain of command, uh, which is in the hands of some very crazy people uh, and and incompetent people and people who, of course, don't have their brains working correctly as well. So 
all the possibilities are on the table here. And this is why the situation is so dangerous. And it's not just Joe Biden at the helm here. It's individuals like Victoria Newland, who, mm-hmm. of course, have an agenda to push this conflict to the furthest extent that she could possibly see it. The United States is answering today by announcing $12.3 billion additionally to Ukraine as a part of a U.S. government shutdown bill. Biden also just announced new sanctions. Poland is handing out radiation pills. This is this is this is crazy as of course, there's a major battle now happening in, in Lyman, a major key city that's going to decide this conflict in, in a very major way within the next coming days. And and also there's battles around a Ukrainian power plant. Things are, are absolutely absurd. And I think they reached a point where I think there's no going back from it, sadly. I wish so, there was, but this to me is, is, is dangerous and extremely, extremely... Well, Horrible for everyone involved here. So, what what have you guys done to prepare for uh, nuclear war? Learn Cyrillic, my man. That's one way to start. <laughs> now, I see. But Ian's not telling you. He's saying it's for world peace. But the reality is, he thinks Russia's going to win, so he's getting ready. <laughs> I right. want to avoid right. a he's conflict getting, at all. No, no. Costs. When we're in, when we're in the gulags, the actual Russian ones, he's going to be the guy making sure we get food by talking right. to guards. It's like know? the man in High Castle, but in reverse, right? Yeah. Like basically, <laughs> like the Russians have taken over the United States, and Ian's found a position among the yes. the occupying government. <laughs> I, I I learned that the best way to avoid death and destruction and chaos is diplomacy so i'm rolling with that one um what about what about you will have you built your underground bunker yet no no i haven't done that i'm still living in arlington which seems unwise (laughs) (laughs) that's like the worst place to be zero i don't even think like the world leaders would be there no i think they'll you know they'll have retired to some bunker in oklahoma yeah, um, I don't see that. I don't I, see World War Three here. What are you? What were you gonna say? Um, I do have a friend with a, a nuclear bunker. There you go. Hell yeah! You want to? Yeah, a nuclear. <laughs> just like Bush said it. <laughs> um, so I just paid him a visit a couple of weeks ago. So he's, he says, at, "Come on over." You, I would like to visit just for fun. That'd be cool. Yeah, if you guys want to come, I'm looking um, at the annex. Shouts out to Joe B. Weeks. He's awesome. Nice. Yeah. Well, I'm looking at what actually got annexed. It's four. Uh, what are these called? Oblasts: yeah. Lugansk, Donetsk, uh, Zaporizhia. I don't know how you pronounce that. Zaporizhia. Zaporizhia. Kherson. Kherson. Crimea. He annexed Crimea in 2014. But what it does is it takes Highway M14, which is the east-west highway from Russia, and it goes east or goes west rather. To, it also took Highway East 105 and East 97 that go north-south. So he took the east-west highway that connects to these two north-south highways that take you down out of Crimea. They want a trade post in Sevastopol. That's the whole point, is to be able to move military and trade stuff into the Mediterranean. At this point, I don't understand why they're not in NATO with us and one of our best trade allies. They have so much resources. They're a federation, like the United States. It's a federated group of states. Well, strategically, geopolitically, China is also emerging as a power that is threatening American hegemony. And if you were... Uh, call, you know, uh, calling uh, American foreign policy, I think it would be in the best interest to have good relations with either of those countries in order to make sure that they don't come together. I think we've done the opposite of that. And I think we're creating a situation that, that truly is highlighting a West versus East situation, which is not beneficial to anyone. No. It, has, it has to be on purpose. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm in many circumstances well beyond believing in coincidence. And considering what Joe Biden's, how he's been very favorable or deferential to China, this greatly benefits China. Yeah. You know, the U.S. and Russia fighting. Mm-hmm. Some, some have actually argued, I think we were talking about this the other day, that China may have been the one who sabotaged Nord Stream to force Russia and NATO to fight so that they could then make a move on Taiwan. I could see that. I could see, I mean, I could see a third, you know, third parties who wanted to just inflame things further. Yep. And, and that, that, that makes sense to me. It makes more sense to me than Russia doing it, which just is completely ridiculous. It's, it's, but but that's a, they're, saying, they're saying 
there, there are a bunch of articles that it was like people are pushing conspiracy theories that the West destroyed the Nord Stream pipeline. <laughs> and, and they're all <laughs> citing anonymous government sources saying 100% it was Russia, 100%. I'm like, where's the evidence? Where's the proof? And, and the person even saying this is not putting their name behind this, a part of the U.S. government intelligence agencies that, of course, everyone's naming as a source. Who's the source? I, I tweeted, I said, so, so let me get this straight. The official narrative is that Russia blew up their own pipeline and not say their enemies who they're currently at war with. Hmm. Like, that's just nuts. If yeah. I see two guys and they're screaming at each other and they're like, you know, if I ever see you, I'm going to knock you out. And then the guy is found knocked out outside of the other dude's house. I'm not going to be like, he must have hit himself. <laughs> <laughs> that's Yeah, right. I mean, Biden said he would. Yeah, I know. <laughs> He's, he said it. He's like, oh, yeah, we'll make Nord Stream go away. And then when and when he was like, oh, other guy did that. Not me. What? What? I love the media. It's just, it's, you know, maybe this is where it's become so laughably absurd that people just can't accept it anymore. Yeah. David Frum had a thing. He, he had a tweet thread where he was talking about how he wrote an article called Unpatriotic Conservatives back in 2003 about people who opposed Iraq, you know, who were correct about mm. that. Point. Absolutely. Um, and now he's like, yeah, the unpatriotic conservatives are back. My article aged really well. And it's the people who are, you know, doubting the U.S. intelligence services account that, yeah. um, Russia blew up its own pipeline. Yeah, I imagine the hubris. Right, just the, the level of, one, you can't be, a, if you question our intelligence agencies, which have been routinely wrong and also lied to Americans routinely, then you are not patriotic or you are, I mean, it's the, the number of different, like, logical leaps you have to take yeah. to get to David Frum's reasoning. Is, I, I, is I would even push back. I wouldn't say they were wrong. I think they were deliberately lying. I think they had an agenda. They had profits that they wanted to get. They had people that they needed to please. And I think they deliberately said, yeah, they got WMDs when uh -huh. they knew they didn't. As of course, the United States government also had the receipts to the chemical weapons that they were selling to Iraq when Iraq was fighting with Iran. And what did the war in Iraq do? Well, it created ISIS. It allowed Iran to have a larger sphere of influence in the entire Middle East. It allowed, uh, of course, the destruction and the death of, of what people estimate to be over a million people. Why did we do this? WMDs? Yeah. I don't know. I'm, read I'm reading a book about the CIA right now, which is actually very good. And and the, the overall lesson of this book so far is that the CIA has a reputation for like secrecy and competence, but it's mm -hmm. actually just absurdly stupid and has made huge mistakes. I, I think, you know, early in the Cold War, what they did, their, their whole plan was like, we're gonna create these little partisan armies in all the communist states. And they just dropped, it like dropped partisans, you know, and, and refugees. They just dropped them in or like, go infiltrate the government. And they all died. All the agents, <laughs> they, they just all died. Like all of them everywhere. Like in the Korean War, they dropped a bunch of Koreans into North Korea. All of them captured, killed. Everyone. Well, just one well, comment really quickly. If yeah. I was the CIA, I would be also pretending to be really stupid in order to cover for all my illegal actions and, and horrible crap that I did. Right, 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 right. Well, Will, that may be. But we all know the real reason behind this conflict. From the New York Intelligencer, Putin decries U.S. Satanism in bizarre speech annexing parts of Ukraine. Did you guys see this? Putin yeah. said mm -hmm. uh, it was kind of crazy. He said that the West was satanic. Mm -hmm. And he said that they're doing gender experiments on children or something to that effect. I mean, he, he, he gave a 37 minute speech in, in the middle of Moscow, huge crowds. And he said that, that the West is, quote, sheer Satanism. And it's turn, turning away from moral norm, norms and religious values while offering children sex change operations. So is he uh, wrong? He's not wrong, but he's <laughs> but but he's not an angel himself. I know. Right. He, he he he. You know, 
he, he brought up a good point. Let's be let's be honest, and I think he he's not wrong in in some of these instances. But but again, that doesn't make him the the good guy here, right? I think you know it's like it reminds me of that. I think something Jack told me about RT or how he described RT is like RT tells the truth about us and lies about Russia, whereas mm-hmm. our media lies about. Uh, lies about us and might tell the truth about Russia. Right, right. Right. So it's like, it's like you have to, you listen to Russia talk about our problems and you're like, yeah, that's actually a fairly accurate description of how our government is behaving. You just gotta, you, know? you gotta watch RT to, if you wanna learn about what's going on with protests and activism. This is the funny thing about how they destroyed the lives of all these RT uh, reporters and personalities. Yeah. Back when, um, when was this? It was like a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. I think it was not so long 17 or something is when they started hammering no, RT. I think it was 18 maybe uh, no it was recently like Lee Camp for instance yeah you know we've known him for a long time and like he's not a Russian mm-hmm. agent he's like a regular American dude and he's like left-leaning mm-hmm. but they they, they they banned his podcast which yeah. was unrelated to RT simply because he worked for RT Chris Hedges too an, another very famous journalist again on the left also banned and labeled Russian uh, propaganda Abby didn't, Martin didn't, Abby Martin got it hard well, uh, didn't Larry King work for RT? As he well? did, yep. So so here's what they so do. So did Jesse Ventura. RT looks for people who ha- have opinions that are bad for the West. They mm-hmm. hire them and let them do their thing, basically funding these, kind- these kinds of narratives. I've recently yeah. been coming, really disliking this East-West narrative. Like it's the line of demarcation runs through London. Are you kidding me? Like that's not British Empire crap. And now they want to seg- segment us into one area and say that Russia and China. Dude, the West is China. West China is west of me right now. That's the West. I'm not going to play this British centric game anymore. That was basically the idea, right? Yeah, London. Yeah, they wanted to take control of the narrative of who's where on earth and say that they're in the middle. It's crazy. Well, they're the ones who have the the zero. The king with his freaking bank of international settlements in Switzerland. Look at that, man. And and English is spoken basically everywhere. You go to Japan and there's like the street signs and the highways are in English and Japanese. Colonists, man. They tried to colonize China just like they did to India. They tried with the opium wars and they failed. And that's a big part of why there's so much aggression. Putin actually said it is neocolonialism. And he said, this is great. He said, the West is racist for spreading Russophobia. Mm. I'm like, okay, I don't know what you're trying to say. Like, what part of the U.S. is Satanist? Is it the woke stuff? Because that's what you're saying. Like, they, he's, he, he plays this, a similar game, right? Yeah. I don't care which government. Some people, someone super chatted us the other day saying like, no, no, Putin's fighting evil. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> no, Putin yeah. launched an aggressive war and invaded his neighbor. Right, that's bad. And it's I think, wrong, and it start, and it, it kickstarted all of this. It's right? kind of, a, it's not like, a defensive war. You're right. It is a war of aggression, but it's a war of aggression where your enemy has rockets right on the border of the country next to you. So, like, who's the aggressor? Right. It's just, it's just, it's just. War. I mean, two wrongs don't make a right. Either. This isn't. I mean, I don't know. I'm sorry. Like, there, I, I, I've, there are situations where in a seemingly aggressive war is actually someone responding to acts of war by the other side. I think the classic example of that is the uh, Six Days War, where Israel was. You know, Egypt put in place a naval blockade of the Red Sea and prevented Israel from accessing and shipping anything. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Out of its southern port. And so it ha- if it wanted to ship anything to Asia, it had to go all the way around Africa. 
right? And that's that's clearly like yeah. act of war violence. Yeah. And so even though Israel struck first in terms of like actually military assets striking other military forces, I think it's pretty clear that that was that was not an aggressive war in the sense of they were they were the f- first wronged party in terms of war like an act of war against themselves yeah this conflict goes back back and forth for many decades now and and you mm-hmm. could point hey russia did this hey nato did this and and you can make a legitimate arguments that are very convincing by by both sides to me both of them are being idiots I, 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 people shouldn't be dying for governments politicians should be fighting their own wars wars and shouldn't be sending innocent people to, to do it but but you made a very 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 good point there uh talking about the six day war mm-hmm. being brought on by of course the stopping of trade and right. trade routes and and denying countries resources it is what usually sparks wars so mm-hmm. this is why the, the the bursting of this pipeline is so important because it could be that major galvanizing event that starts all of this. It's also why turning Ukraine against Russia in 2014 with that revolution, whether or not the CIA was involved or not, I hear they were, I don't know, but that is, you could argue that that's kind of an act, they they cut off their access to the Black Sea. Like that's at least a Sevastopol. Yeah, no, that was, I mean, that was a huge screw up. And I think, uh, I mean, the US diplomacy there was appalling. I mean, there's no, we had no business overturning that government. Like, it, yeah, John true. McCain it, it was goes, there. Okay, it goes yeah. back. It goes back before the Syria, for instance. Russia's got a base in Tartus. Mm-hmm. The U.S. is basically aligned against Assad, uh, the Assad regime, who is aligned with Russia. And every effort we made hurt Russia's interests in Tartus. So, of course, you can go back in time as long as you want to go back in time. You will always find something. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely um, job, and, you know, f- 2014, John McCain was there. The CIA was there. Victoria Newland was there. She was, again, pushing for a lot of the protests there. And, and it, she did have an impact. And, and this is the, the result of this that we're seeing here. And I, I think Putin was baited into a, a conflict. And, and as soon as he sent troops there, um, this has escalated to a very severe level. Who do you point to for responsibility? I think all of them are responsible. I think all of them are being stupid. And I think all of them need to stop immediately before they jeopardize the, the human civilization. Yeah, the liberal economic order does not need to patrol Russia anymore. It's it, They all know that the new world order is coming. That George Bush Sr. was talking about it in the late 80s. Like They're ready for it. Now we need to transition to a new world order where we're not at war with Russia. There could be our most potential greatest ally. It's, it's really weird. Yeah, no one wins with wars. Politicians, the, bankers, and, and multinational corporations win with wars, but no one else wins. It's ideology. And it's a question of, I would say, perhaps it's a bit reductive, but not having access to classified documents, Vladimir Putin does not want to be subservient to NATO, the UN, to the World Economic Forum. It doesn't mean he's a good guy. It means he's standing there being like, I ain't doing it. And they're like, there's more of us than you and we're stronger. And he's like, don't care. Try me. So there's no, he's going to be our greatest ally. If, if uh, you know, a communist authoritarian came up to you, Ian, and said, work with me to throw people in a gulag, would you do it? Uh, not no. I would say no. Thank so you, I'm no. not saying that's what is literally happening between the two powers. I'm saying there is a line where you would be like, I will never work with you. We will not be allies because the ideologies are just too disparate. Yeah, it would be, I don't want to adhere to the World Economic Forum's laws and sanctions and, and give corporations the ability to sue American taxpayers if they if we don't buy their products. Like, that's what the trade, the TPP, Trans-Pacific Partnership, wanted with their investor state dispute settlement clause that got Trump, thank God, overturned. I don't want that stuff either. I don't think Putin wants that crap. Uh, I agree. But, I, I think so. So we need to build something better. But they, we're not going to do it if we're at war. But see, Russia is doing this is doing something similar. When they're, tr- they're trying to build up the Russian Trade Federation, They there's been... 
I guess maybe it's a bit hyperbolic to say, but, you know, Putin just said today, I guess it's maybe, I don't know what the time zone is, that the fall of the Soviet Union was 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 terrible and the leaders left them, all the people to just fend for themselves. He has consistently expressed dismay at the fall of the Soviet Union. Mm. And it looks like all of his actions that he's been doing in terms of building up this federation, he wanted Ukraine to join the Russian Trade Federation. He wants to build what the West is also doing. So it's just like, pick your poison. I happen to think this, ladies and gentlemen, you want the U.S. to win. More importantly, we need to win politically so we can stop the war. But if a war is going to happen, you want the U.S. to win for one simple reason. You live in it. And as much as you might really hate Joe Biden, despise his politics, because I certainly don't like the mm. guy, at least you can recognize you share one thing in common. You share a place like you share a, a, the United States. Mm-hmm. And so that means as much as Biden might be selling, out, selling us out and being corrupt, he doesn't want to lose his property value. So even if that means on a scale of one to 100, with 100 being like shared values and one being like barely any, you have one. With Putin, you don't have any. Putin, some people are, are, are posting things like, oh, but he opposes Satanism and the double, what kind of No, we're not. Like, you don't want Putin to win. No, like, Putin is, is a different kind of the same bad. Right. Of a similar bad. He's another so politician. So it's, it's a rock in a hard place. Yeah, he's another politician. Who's been at, in power for how long? Uh, 22 years. I think. Many decades. Who's looking out for himself and looking out for his country and his interests. And a counter argument I would make is that no one's going to win this war. If there's a war, no one's yeah, winning this one. That's the, I'm going to yeah. win. You know why? Because I got chickens. But I, I think I read somewhere something pretty insightful, which was that, you know, we tend to be very annoyed with like the Biden and the Democrats hypocrisy when it comes to this stuff. And it's very frustrating. And one thing about Putin is he's not really a hypocrite. He's just sort of will to power, you know, straightforward, like, yes, actually, I just want to conquer your country and I'm going to do that now. Rather than sort of like, you know, mix, you know mixing messages. Machinations. And machinations. And so like. There's a tendency for us being super frustrated with how ridiculous the Democrats' rationalizations can be that we're just like, oh, breath of fresh air, somebody who just says what he wants. But you have to realize like, no, 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 that's actually, you know, that's still, that's very, very evil and wrong. Right, like to have this will to power style of Putin and just conquer, trying to conquer your neighbors. Well, that's what almost every politician is, essentially, if you kind of go down to the bare minimum of it. And uh, Putin did, uh, you know, does release a lot of, you know, disinformation, a lot of propaganda. He does like to confuse people. Mm -hmm. Uh, He does, uh, you know, use a lot of different tactics that the West doesn't usually deploy. Um, And I remember seeing, I forgot which documentary this was, but it was describing his strategy of financing his opponents of creating confusion, of, of creating a, a situation where you weren't able to fully understand the larger political ramifications of it. But while everyone is confused and, and debating, he gets all the power himself. Mm-hmm. I forgot the documentary that perfectly described this kind of larger psychological trick that politicians play on the people. Um, I'm going to yeah, try to remember it as much as I can. That's one. Uh, yeah, that, I mean, that's that's what politicians I mean, always do. How do you know a politician's lying? He's, mm. His mouth is moving. His mouth is moving, exactly. Wait, wait. Their mouth is moving. That's right. <laughs> right. Politicians can't be lazy. Listen. It. I don't it, like it, that. His mouth is moving. Yeah, politicians aren't people. I, I don't like that Vladimir's been in power for 22 years. That really upsets me because I think the point of the Russian Federation was they were creating some sort of democratic republic. I don't know if they consider themselves a republic, if it's just a federation at this point, whatever that means. But he stepped out and he was gone for a little while and they said his lackey was running the show while mm-hmm. he was behind the scenes. But then it's like he came back. And at that time, I was like, well, I think what he's doing is he's afraid that the liberal economic order, the military war machine is going to take over the world. And he wants to make sure that it doesn't happen on his watch. And until he's comfortable that the United States is the good guys again, he's going to be there protecting Russia. But 
I don't, that doesn't justify wars of aggression. I don't justify that stuff. But it, and maybe it's still, that is his methodology. Like if I let someone come into power, they're going to be weaker than me. They're going to capitulate. And I can't let that happen. Hyper normalization is the term that I was looking for that describes what I was just saying. It was a part of a, a BBC documentary from 2016. And there's a small clip of it that is absolutely fascinating and explains what, what Putin kind of mastered, but I think is also being practiced here in the West as well, that I think a lot of people should understand this larger trickery, these larger psychological tricks played on uh, by politicians against the people uh, hyper normalization is the word of the day that you should look up. Filmed by Adam you Curtis. Should, I was going to say, uh, look on a search engine. Look on the Brave search engine. Mm-hmm. Since the 1970s, given up on complex real world and built a smaller fake world run by corporations and kept stable by politicians. That's the impetus of the 2016 BBC documentary Hyper Normalization, and that runs parallel with like the uh, insurance agencies that are the, attempting to take over the world medically and control you know, doctors, seven minutes that they get to spend with their patients. Instead of the old doctor-patient relationship, you got pharmaceutical companies and insurance agencies trying to run things. I just love how we have commercials where it's like, is Florbistron right for you? <laughs> call your doctor. And I'm like, no. May cause death. Like, why would I call my doctor and be like, I saw a random ad for a drug. I have no idea what it does, but they looked happy it? on the commercial. Yeah. yeah. Like, I, I don't know. know. Yeah. And it's then like, they're, they're friends with the insurance salesman rep. And then if they like the rep, they sell the rep's drug. Oh, I think God, it was Lunesta. I think it was. Remember Lunesta? Lunesta yeah. right for you. And I didn't know what it was. I'm like, there's a butterfly. It's like floating around. What's happening? A, and I guess maybe I was too young. Or I think Rogaine yeah. was, was the first one. Rogaine. They had yeah. Rogaine commercials in like the 90s, and they yeah, never but, said what it was in the commercials. I was like, what? It's the only commercial I ever saw where they never said what it was. <laughs> and they just show people smiling, and I was like, what is this? It's like Prozac. It's like I'm assuming whatever it is just makes you happy. Yeah. Imagine if they, well, it is kind of funny that there's a lot of drugs that are basically prescription drugs, derivatives and uh, of methamphetamine salts or just outright opiates. And so they're basically like, we're going to make opium and heroin illegal. But if you get a prescription of a different form of it, we're going to put a commercial on. And I don't, I don't think they actually do commercials for that stuff, though, but I, they certainly they crank it out through the pharmaceutical I, industry. I don't know if we need American constitutionalism for the future. We could have a global organization where we don't use the American Constitution and it's much different. It terrifies me to think that a corporation would implement its function onto top-down governance, and you'd have like, you know, World Economic Forum and Pfizer and Johnson and Johnson and you know Boeing running everyone's lives. That's like I don't like that. That's yeah, why that's I like this decentralized thing. kind of autonomy that we've got in the United States. I want I want to jump to this story we got from the Daily Mail. Poland starts handing out anti-radiation tablets as battle rages around Ukraine nuclear power plant. I don't think it's the nuclear power plant, but they do mention Putin's fresh nuke threat. So I believe this is a potassium iodide. Yep, potassium iodide tablets. Okay. First, as a PSA to everybody to explain what this is, it's basically iodine. What happens? You eat it. It goes into your thyroid. When your body absorbs as much as it can, it will reject the rest. If radioactive iodine is in the air or on the ground or all over the place and you're eating, your body will absorb it and put radioactive iodine in your thyroid, which then causes problems. This does not protect you from anything else. People seem to think that like if there's a nuclear bomb that goes off, you take one of these and it protects you from the radiation. Like it protects your thyroid from iodine. But there's I mean, I don't know exactly what kind of uh, radioactive materials are going to be littered all over the place. But. I do want to talk to everybody about uh, the threat of nuclear war and what it really means. And uh, I'll bring up a, a good story. Uh, Luke and I, we went to Fukushima 
And they they told us uh, I don't did, we didn't take potassium iodide when we went, did we? I don't think so. No. But we, they gave us suits. Yep. And the suits were just cloth suits. And I was kind of like, don't you have to have like some kind of special material? And they're like, no, no, no. What the suits do is when the dust and the particles land on you, when you leave, you take it all off so it's not on you, and then you take a shower to wash it all off. And I was like, oh, okay. I thought it was like for like radiation, and they were like alpha and beta particles. They stick to you. You then eat stuff. It gets in your system. But with Fukushima, there was MOX plutonium and there was uh, iodine-131 or something like that. The MOX plutonium was a heavy metal lit on the ground. It sinks. It drops. The iodine kicks up. So you take one of these pills, but then you pick something up off the ground and you can get some, you know, MOX plutonium or whatever it's called on you. That ain't doing anything for you. So in the event of nuclear war, the other thing to consider, not every nuclear bomb has a radioactive yield. That's my understanding is that's intentional. When a, when a bomb goes off and it leaves radiation, like they design it to do that. And there are many nuclear bombs that actually don't. They just do fireballs. So Yeah. Our understanding of nuclear weapons is still primitive compared to the advancements that were made within, what, what, what was it, like 90 years, 80 years since the 80. last? Yeah, 80 years. About 80 years. So, so what we know of the nuclear weapon 80 years ago is absolutely nothing compared to what's out there right now. And the technology and the possibilities that they have. Putin and the Russian government a lot of times talk about flooding all of the United Kingdom with a radiation wave and using nuclear weapons under uh, water as a way to start a tsunami that is going to cover all of the United Kingdom. This is what they talk about. They even made graphics. They even made a cartoon about this on Russian state television, which is uh, just uh, absolutely perplexing and uh, insane. I got a question. Why would Russia not have rods from God? Um, Why would they not have it? Why would the U.S. not have that? For those who aren't familiar, it's a theoretical weapon where you put a a series of tungsten rods in mm -hmm. a satellite and it drops them in the force of gravity. It's like, Mm -hmm. what, like a hundred times more powerful than a nuke of the same size or something? Yeah. Some ridiculous, massive explosive yield. Um, They might. Who knows? I don't know. I'm not familiar enough with where that technology is. Here's my point. It's It's not so much about where the technology is. It's that no one even knew they were building nukes in the first place. Yeah. So there, were, there was speculation about this big project that was going on. Some thought that it could be a nuclear weapon. Some thought it was going to be a death ray. Some thought it was teleportation or time travel. People believed crazy things. And then lo and behold, it turned out to be this massive explosive device. Yeah, right. at the, Manha- the Manhattan Project that was uh, spearheaded and started at the Bohemian Grove of all places where 100,000 people were working on it and only about two dozen knew exactly what they were working on. Right. I mean, that said, uh, I don't know, the, the way I read... Have you read The Making of the Atomic Bomb by Richard Rhodes? No, I have not. Very, very great book, by the way. But I was looking into the Bohemian Grove, and then they were just bragging, oh, the the nuclear bomb was pretty much created here. And I'm I'm like, like, kind of. I mean, my understanding based on that book was that there were a series of experiments done and publicized in like 1939, 1940 in Germany of all places. Yeah. uh, Where basically they, I think they split the uranium atom. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so... uh, Actually, I pulled the Wikipedia, the discovery of nuclear fission by German chemists. Look at that, 1938. How right am I? Am I right? Am I right? Am I right? And then Germany Uh, could have developed a nuclear weapon, but they they kicked out their scientists because they had a a religion that they They didn't like. And all the scientists went to (laughs) the United States and they started building it here in the United States. Literally, the Nazis' anti-Semitism is actually a pretty good argument that Maybe it's not exactly why they lost World War II, but it made their loss inevitable. I mean, if Hitler had the nuclear bomb, before yeah. anybody else. They par- wow. It would be game over. It would be game over. Yeah. And they, 
They had they had rockets. Yeah, they wanted to. They had hit they were England working on saucers were. as well. Like the development of of German technology in in the early uh, parts of that world uh, world war were absolutely just beyond belief. You want to continue with what you're saying that 1940? Oh, yeah. So basically, but like once this experiment happened and there were scientists around the world having seen this experiment understood the implication was a nuclear bomb is possible, and so. That's, you know, so Germany started working on it. We started working on it. I think England, you know, other countries started working on it too. Um, so it wasn't when you like, I guess it wasn't a secret at that point. It was sort of, if you were in the scientific community, it was like all the scientists yeah. started talking to the politicians of like, we know this is possible. You should really invest in this because you don't want the other guy to get this first because it, it, it's just how much energy was necessarily created from splitting the uranium atom yeah. was was enough to make people realize that it could create a chain reaction yeah. and a bomb. And I would even argue, you know, Germany lost World War II, but I would say the Nazis didn't. How so? I mean, you mean because Werner von Braun came to One, us? One, a lot of them went to Argentina. Two, the Russians and the Americans scooped them up right after the yep. war and then had them work on, on NASA, had them work on the Russian space agency. <laughs> what was that? Was that Paperclip? Uh, yeah, that was yep, one of the Operation uh, Paperclip. And uh, the, 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 the death of Hitler is still being contested by many historians. There was no body as well. So he could have been in Argentina this whole time. Uh, Argentina gave them safe haven. And well, look, they did lose. That doesn't mean that, that's influence. not winning. Their influence escaped. Like I mean, I'm making a very nuanced kind of argument kind here. Of. I'm, I'm saying that that the, the ideology was passed on through a lot of the top figures being saved uh, through Operation Paperclip. I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't call Werner von Braun like a top Nazi. I mean, he was a member of the Nazi Party, but he was a rocket scientist, right? Yes. Like, and that he didn't. That was you know he was a rocket scientist in Germany. Um, not saying he wasn't a bad guy or a good guy. I'm just saying like he wasn't Goebbels, you know, some ideologist who's spreading it. Yeah. And then you look at people like uh, Eichmann, you know, is the classic guy who went to Argentina. I mean, he, he had to be incognito for 20 years before the Israelis finally found him, kidnapped him and tried him in Israel. I not mean, to mention there's a bunch of really crazy stories um, like <clears throat> the uh, what is it? The, was it the Istal woman? I think it was called. I went to uh, this is an amazing story. I went to Bergen, Norway a while back. And there's this legend they have where they found a woman dead up in the mountain just outside of town from smoke inhalation, they said. And it's been a long time since I've gone through the story. We interviewed a bunch of people in Bergen and uh, there were like passports, outfits. And so one of the leading theories was that she was Mossad hunting down escaped Nazis in various countries. And they were being summarily <laughs> executed. So not escaping. But in this instance, this woman was killed by the person she was sent to assassinate. And so mm. they found her body, didn't know who she was, saw a bunch of aliases and passports, never figured it out. But people are like, they believe that Mossad went on for decades, probably even still now, are hunting these people down. There there was a story out there long ago of like a guy was like 90 something years old. Was it like 98? Yeah, I heard of that. And he was like a Nazi guard and they found him. They arrested so him, didn't they? Yeah, and they deported him. I think it was, was he Yeah, the there was an Netflix later? movie about that, I think. It was yeah. like a, it was like some... But here's, here's what people don't know. Here's what people don't understand is that many of these people who did escape probably died within a year from assassinations. And it's not in the news. It's not going to be in the history books. Yeah, a lot of prominent people are connected to, you know, that history, whether it's Soros, Arnold Schwarzenegger, uh, the Canadian, um, I, the, the minister lady, I forgot her name right now, uh, but she also has ties to a lot of that darker kind of history. But, uh, you know, this is something that, you know, my people have kind of lived through being from Poland. We hear about this all the time. Uh, you know, this is something that my family 
you know, lost a lot of, of its members to. And um, it, it's still something that, you know, I think in hindsight should be talked about more, especially with the severe escalations we're seeing in Europe right now that many people believe is going to prompt another world war, which is just uh, absolutely insane. Yeah, Nazism wasn't stopped. The German Third Reich was stopped, but Nazism wasn't. It went to, it was in eastern Ukraine. It still is. They call them the Azov now, the Azov Battalion. It's like a neo-Nazi group. Wasn't there a picture of a guy standing with Zelensky that had like the black sun? logo or something yeah it, it is genuinely true that the Zelensky government is way too friendly with straight mm -hmm. up like anti-semites yeah. and i mean that was they were roundly i mean they named one of their major streets after a guy named stepan bandera yeah who was involved in pogroms against the jewish community in advance of the germans coming in um you know and and they're Hey, all these guys they're hailing as like Ukrainian heroes and Ukrainian nationalists. Well, those are the guys who like fought the Russians and sided with the Nazis and usually were doing the Nazis bidding before the Nazis showed up. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Well, U Ukraine is also in a tough position because that's some of the best fighters that they have. And yeah. the Ukrainian government is like, okay, let's stop talking about this because we, we need to fight a war. And this is how they're kind of excusing it. But they there's a, there's a whole, I think, a battalion inside of the official Ukrainian military that was officially recognized that did have extreme far right kind of idea, you know, ideas. Mm -hmm. And there's no denying that. Um, it, it's something that, of course, the Russians kind of bring up all the time. Uh, but this is, you know, a battalion and a lot of the stuff gets contested here. But but you're not wrong, Ian. It's a yeah. The Azov Regiment uh, formed from volunteers integrated into the National Guard of Ukraine. At least this is what I've been told. Is Azov the Azov are the, uh, the neo Nazis? Mm -hmm. That's the symbol. Is like it's basically a swastika at an angle, not a complete swastika. But it's got you know I don't know if you put yeah there it is that blue symbol on the right. Mm. Uh, I don't know. This is what I hear. This is propaganda, but I can't imagine being in the United States and hearing propaganda that are supposed to be. It's not merely it's not merely propaganda. Like that it there's there's real truth to that. I mean, you can look into um, you know, so Jewish associations lighting up the Ukrainian government for their actions in support of Azov and a lot of their public resurrection of these uh, World War II figures who were uh, anti-Semitic. Another the problem with war is pushing countries to war is that the worst, I'm not saying that the Azov are the worst, but you, violent extremists will rise up to fight because those might be your best fighters because they're violent extremists. That's what they do it's, is they know how to fight. This weird like problem for Ukrainian nationalism in general, right? Because Ukraine doesn't have this long and deep history as an independent nation. So they're, they're kind of have to reach for these figures of nationalist pride in Ukraine who have these very, very checkered pasts. I'd love to see Ukraine become a neutral territory in some way, like like Switzerland. Like it's in a it's in a position where it should be. It's like a, it's like the cerebral. It cortex should have been a buffer Eurasia. state. It should have been a buffer state. That would have been much better for everybody. 
right much yeah. better for it's flat for the West, so it's not ukraine it's too easy or like to a hong kong there. or like a singapore but but there but ukraine also has a lot of natural gas and a lot of uh, energy exploration is being found in that country which threatens the russian petro state and this is uh, i think another reason why russia is being so aggressive especially in the southern parts where a lot of this new energy has been found and will contest russia as a petro state uh and contend with it directly which of course russia can't have because that's one of its major uh, assets is, is its energy that it provides the world. Oil. Gas, oil, energy. Yep. So yeah, complex situation. Very confusing. Lots of different sides. Lots of different atrocities. No one wins in war. And and uh, please, my goodness, let's try to call for some de-escalations here and stop with this madness of, and, and people dying for the whims of politicians and their aspirations. Well, we got a we got a midterm coming up and uh, investors.com Dow Jones drops on hot inflation data. So we're down what uh, we're down again, uh, several percentage points. What's going on? The market's imploding. We're seeing real estate prices drop. We're seeing inflation across the board. I think food prices are up in Germany. What, like nine, Was it 19 percent or something or? Yeah, I don't know. Something like that. Double digits. Oh, it's going to be bad. Um, so, you know, well, so uh, aside from the potassium iodide, what kind of emergency food have you guys been buying? <laughs> I cook with a lot of lentils. I'm, <laughs> it's like Ian's cooking lentils every day. Red lentils, baby. This is why it's actually nice to be in America. You know, like we have a lot of food in this country. Mm -hmm. We don't need to import it. We're not in the position of a lot of countries that do. Um, you know, we we really are blessed by our geographic advantages mm -hmm. in so many different ways. Oh, yeah. You know oceans on two sides of us substantially you know smaller countries on the north and south good Nobody, neighbors good neighbors uh incredible waterways i think somebody somebody did a map once where they described the navigable waterways of of the united states huge country. mountains that of course are very difficult to traverse sure it's amazing but yep. you know yeah i mean so and you can build stuff in them like yes. underground bases well right. that can withstand nuclear i'm nuclear just saying bombs. there's 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 so much natural farmland in the united states it just dwarfs almost anywhere else in the world in terms of just the amount of farmland and the ability yeah, of a lot our of, country to produce its own food yeah We're and uh we don't we don't have to buy cat food uh, actually because bocas just caught a squirrel the other day no. <laughs> and we couldn't again Monster. no i just thought i'm talking about the okay. one that he got and he he went into one of the ramps we couldn't get him out and i guess he just ate it so you know well there's that that's cheap when you live out here in the middle of nowhere, man, you can uh, you can grow your own food. It's pawpaw season, guys. You know, we we uh, we had a pawpaw bread today. It was amazing. Oh, good. Pawpaw's hillbilly banana. So uh, there's food aplenty. But if you live in a big city like New York or even outside of one, like I don't know Arlington, for instance, you're probably in trouble. Especially with the potential attacks on infrastructure. So if energy goes out, if the internet goes out which again a lot of it is dependent on underground sea cables which i think we should be keeping a close eye on because i do believe there's oh, going to old, be some significant russia, attacks that, that can those. be that's a logical way for russia to retaliate against Absolutely. us yep. that's very logical you're going to be watching your house of dragons and it's going to cut off yeah and then it's going to be like we can't load because russia cut a cable yeah what or do you, you do? can't when communicate with somebody a corporation that did it come on or well, you can't have I mean, energy. I mean, if you can't have energy or communications in a place like New York City, I mean, you're screwed. People, people don't understand how how uh, spoiled we've gotten. I want you to imagine this scenario: you're sitting in your house when all of a sudden the power goes out, cell lines are down, your phone doesn't work, you can't text anybody, you have no internet. It's just you and your family. You live, let's say, you live in a small suburban community. All of a sudden, you know, it's a couple hours. You're talking to your neighbors, like, "What's going on? We don't know." Military vehicles pull up. 
They tell if you're you lucky. To, they tell you get, get everybody line up, line up. What do you do? You have no idea who they, who they are. You have no idea what's going on. Do you just say yes? What if it's the enemy? What if something serious? What, what if they took out a substation? What if they've invaded? What do you do? Well, I would say if the military shows up in a situation like that, comply because it's probably the good guys if it, they show up right away. Um, what? That I is not. Don't, don't are you fight. crazy? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> look at them. If they have American insignias on them, don't fight them. They're probably there to help. There's probably a National Guard coming out if something really bad happens. But, you know, yes. obviously don't just. You have, learned, you have learned nothing. Even. When the military. Just don't, 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 you know, don't think. Uh, don't go full paranoia, insane mode right away if something bad happens. You know, keep your wits about you. And remember that we're on American soil. We're all here together. When your power and communications go down. And a military vehicle pulls up. No, don't comply. Demand confirmation. Yeah, but I mean, don't, just be self don't open fire. Like, hey, basically, is hey, what I'm saying. Like, like, just be leave and then let be. Uh, you know, you, you don't have to comply. You don't have to go along with, with whatever mean, military men are, show up at your door and want you to. Is, is it an assessment of like what the odds are, whether they're friendly or enemy military? Yeah. I mean, obviously the odds are it's a friendly military. But it's not, or if there's like, like a, a coup d'etat. Or if there's like a coup d'etat. You it's, know? It, exactly. Right, well, but that'll be in D.C., right? But like, but, yeah, but, but that but, will but have It's effect. not even about that. It's about they've rounded Americans up before and put them in camps. Right. In, in World War II, this happened. But even, even I mean. Don't just say, sure, I'll get on the bus. Well, but like, should should the Japanese have mil you know, violently resisted the efforts of? Would that have been smart for the Japanese? They could I have mean, peacefully and passively resisted at the very least. I don't know. I just I think it you know it's one of those like horrible things. But the outcomes for the Japanese people who resisted would not have been better than those that, that complied. Like it's an appalling human rights abuse by our government. But that doesn't mean that like the correct and practical course of action for the victims of that oppression was to violently resist. I'm not sure at the same time the appropriate response is to willfully enter a concentration camp. No, no. Yeah. Don't just jump into the fire when you see it burning. But, you know, use discretion and don't just assume it's the enemy if something well, bad You don't have is. to resist. You don't have to comply either. But, but, but you know, you could you could force the issue and make it more of a debate. Yeah, more of sure. A conversation. You, you could definitely make it like some sort of like civil disobedience. Or avoid kind of it. I mean, or avoid is, it. We're, we're yeah. talking yeah. about overt violations of the constitution yeah. like and civil yeah. rights and human criminal, rights right. criminal actions being placed being made against the american citizens because they were scared that some yeah. of them because of the way they looked may have been spies yeah. in, in yeah. hindsight if you were japanese during world war ii what would you do i don't know that's a, <laughs> like it i'd try to i think that i would try and avoid detection by the government right i would try and avoid it i wouldn't i don't think i'd like start shooting at government agents to yeah, avoid no being taken to a to one of the camps but yeah. i think i would try and like of you know i'd try and avoid them hide you want to you know. of course try to go through everything before resorting to violence uh you yeah. want to try all options peaceful what should, disobedience protesting yeah. but, but like what should the jews in germany have done uh different i mean different given that the i mean and i think the warsaw uprising demonstrates this right mm -hmm. like the way that it was a, there is a category difference between how we treated the Japanese people and how the Nazis treated Jews, right? Yeah, Genis, you know, the camps versus genocide is a big, big gulf. And but a so lot of also a lot of right a lot of the the, the the Jewish people, and it wasn't just Jewish people. It was it was Polish people. It was gay people. A lot of these handicapped people. people mm -hmm. A lot of gypsies. them they weren't beaten and dragged into some into these train carts. Many of them were just they pulled up and said, "All right, you know, we're getting in. We're bringing you, you to a camp." Yeah. Well, a lot of them were also work camps. Like my family got sent to a work camp. And then they had death camps as well. So yeah. uh, my my great-grandmother was in a work camp with my grandmother. My grandmother tells me the stories and, and the craziness of that situation. And, uh, you know, she was extremely lucky and randomly 
a, a family just decided to pick her up after her 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 mother, my great grandmother, was sent off to death camp and she died there. Uh, and uh, a, a family adopted my grandmother, and that's the only reason she sur- she survived. That's the only reason I'm here today. They went right. to a work camp and picked her up in Poland when the German government took over during World War II. If you had a number of kids, you didn't have to pay taxes. Um, and, and the state liked that you had a number of kids because you were procreating. So there was a family that didn't have enough kids to not pay taxes, didn't have enough kids to, to get the government benefits. So they adopted one off of one of the trains that was heading off to the Stutthof, um, camp. And that's where, you know, my great grandmother passed away. So in hindsight, you know. I mean, like, it's something people should consider. Luke was born in a Soviet satellite. Yeah, I was like this stuff. Yeah. My family took part in the in the Saladerno protest. That, of course, was a big part of taking down communism. Mm-hmm. A, a big part of taking down the Soviet Union. So now, now people know where he gets it from. Well, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know, you're raised in this stuff, and you have your family tell you, "Hey, this happened to your uncle. This is the torture that he went through. Hey, this is the the secret jail, the secret, you know, um, th- this is the the craziness that we faced this here, then, and then, and then." And you keep hearing these stories, and it's just absolutely, um, you know, it 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 builds who you are because it it teaches you the important lessons of history that sadly a lot of people have forgotten. And uh, this is why I'm so passionate about these issues. This is why I've been at this for so long because the writing is on the wall. And I think it's only a matter of time until we, we repeat history. And I think in many instances, we already have. You mentioned communications being part of uh, the danger of loss of electricity and all that in New York or wherever. But like, so w- would it be wise for people then to get CB radios with like a, oh, yeah. Solar, like yeah, a, absolutely. a solar charger or something? Yeah. It'd probably get that for a hundred bucks. A regular AM FM radio. Yeah, 28 hand, bucks. Hand, cr- hand crank. You ever see those? You you can crank it to charge mm. the battery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get one of those. It's exhausting. You charge for a while, but it works. But you, you want to hear what's going on because they may say, you, you'll turn the radio on and it'll say uh, a large group of whatever are heading down, heading south down I-90. As leave the area now. You you know, it's estimated they'll arrive within one hour and then you're going to be like, okay, it's time to get out of here. Yeah, two-way radio too. That's that'll if the internet goes. Yeah, that's out, the kind of stuff that's happening radio. in Ukraine. I'm sure. Yeah, right? like or happened, especially during uh, uh, during just, the advances. I, I mean, people just don't get it. All right, imagine you're in your neighborhood. Imagine there's shooting going on in every direction. You walk outside. It's cold. Do you wear a coat? Yes or no? Yeah. You get shot. Oh, right. Because Someone sees you. They don't know what you're carrying. They say, don't know, don't care. I'm not taking the risk. Mm. When there's active conflict going on, this, this, so this is actually something that happened. A guy, I think it was like a civilian, was mm. walking down the street. Someone shot him because they were like, the coat was big. They couldn't tell if he was armed or not, and they didn't want to take a risk. Mm. Because there's Russian and Ukrainian forces fighting. You see a random guy. You say, you want to risk it? You want to be the one to walk over to him and make sure that he's on your side or not? Mm. Or yeah. would you rather just sweep the area with your team you know you can trust and say, screw it to everybody else. People don't get what war is like. I'm not going to pretend to have been in it. I've been in civil unrest and, and, and some civil conflict. And even then, it's crazy. The craziest thing about it is how normal things continue. This is what really bugs me about the whole civil war narrative. When uh, Scott Adams and, and you know uh, Bill Burr were like, go outside, nobody's fighting. Scott Adams said, there's not going to be a civil war. Sorry. You know how I know? Right, and then and then he said, "There's there's no there's uh, no appetite for outside of Twitter's imagination." And someone responded, "How do you know?" And he said, "What's your source?" He said, "I went outside." Hmm. Yes, I've I've been. Uh, I was in Kiev during the Euromaidan protests. There were riots. There were police. It was getting crazy. There were tents. And then you walk two blocks, and you're at a shopping center. 
In fact, the shopping center was in the Maidan Square. So like you could walk from the protests where there had been people firebombing tanks or APCs and you could walk inside and I'm going to buy uh, I'm going to buy this coat right here in this, this shopping in Egypt during the revolution. You could walk two blocks from Tahrir Square and there's a McDonald's with people eating cheeseburgers and they're watching the game in the Hilton Hotel. You could walk in while people this is the craziest thing. I'm on the 26th floor looking down. People are throwing things at each other. They're shooting each other. It was two warring. It was it was two rival factions, secular group and the Muslim Brotherhood. APCs start rolling through with people riding on top. They're hooting and hollering. I walk 10 feet. There's a casino. People are playing games and acting like nothing is happening. People seem to think that when war breaks out, it's everyone running around, flailing, throwing things and screaming. People still have to live. Stores try to operate. Sometimes it gets so bad that the bullets stop people from doing it. But if you've if, if you know, you look at these videos out of Syria and there are people walking down the street carrying like a basket full of fruits while there's like shelling going on. What are they supposed to do? They got to eat. Humans still have to do these things. The best, the, the craziest thing, when the war in Syria broke out, we tried pursuing the story while at Vice. The Damascus Tourism Board was advertising for people, even in the United States, to come party and enjoy the nightlife of Damascus when there were like fears of sarin gas attacks. And so we were like, we were at Vice and we were like, can we do this? Like, mm. can we go to Damascus and film a video that's literally just us partying and entertaining what they're, what they're advertising while acknowledging this war is going on? So you're saying you don't shut down for war, but maybe for a virus sometimes? I don't get it. What's worse here? Uh, you know, shout out to Elon Musk and, and Starlink and anyone else that's working on satellite internet because if our terrestrial internet does go down, which is, sounds extremely vulnerable, if it's underwater and cables right along where those pipelines run, they just got one of those. Just, we need, you know, a backup. And if we got internet satellites then at least we'll be able to keep talking to each other. I think that we can maintain order in a blackout. There's a uh, satellite communications, two-way texting devices. They're only a couple hundred bucks. I recommend it. Yeah, satellite internet's gotten a lot better. That's why uh, that's why Wi-Fi is a lot better on planes. The now. new iPhones have satellite uh, capabilities what? as well. Yep, the new iPhones, if you get lost and there's no cell phone service, you could literally uh, use the iPhone as a way to track down satellites as a way to send out an SOS signal and reach uh, search and rescue anywhere and everywhere. Is that like are. SOS crap. satellite? Yes, yep. SOS via satellite. Yep. That's <laughs> impressive. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. So 10 years ago, I was doing, uh, a buddy of mine was doing security consulting. I was assisting him. He was a security guy. I wasn't. But, you know, I know a little bit about InfoSec stuff and TAC and drones. But one of the things that he got was a two-way texting device that allows you to send text messages it's this little gray box. I'd have to imagine 10 years later, the technology is vastly improved. So that's really cool. And now the, it's in your cell phone. The new iPhone 14. Well, you got one? Great. No, no, it's, yeah, it's not even it's tracking it's not the phone. It's in the, it's in the software update. Right, like I think my phone, which is a thirteen, I remember seeing the like, SOS sure icon. Sure, because it's a new antenna that they're using to link with the satellite. It might, Maybe. you might be right, but I, I don't. I'm not. That I don't know. My, sure. my phone suggests. I think my phone suggests it because, like, when I'm out, when I have no yeah. bars, I see SOS, yeah. and I'm like, that must takes be it. over a minute to send under trees with light <laughs> or medium foliage. Yeah. That's crazy. Wow. If you're in ideal conditions, you have a view of the sky and the horizon. It'll take fifteen seconds to send. Oh my gosh, it's just an SOS call? You don't get to send text? Can you send text? Well, you send information about what's going on wow. here and you go through the prompts, especially it, it if you're lost. It is iPhone 14. Okay. Yeah, okay. It, says, so, it says, well, it, may, it it is coming with an update, but it says using emergency SOS via your iPhone 14. Okay, you're, I guess you have, to, you have to have an iPhone 14. Yeah. Wow, yeah, I actually want to get one now. I mean, yeah. Imagine you're hiking and you get lost. Yeah, that's yeah. really, that's... You just hold it up and just hold, wait for a minute. 
That's and crazy. then they're going to get a GPS coordinate, and then you just bunker down. Right. Wow. Yep. Cool stuff. Modern technology. That's awesome. Yeah, it can be used to track you everywhere you it, go. It of probably, course, probably like including a back, completely off probably the a grid. back door in there that, of course, is <laughs> oh, like 100. satellites. We can't see what he's saying. <laughs> Send in the satellites. But it gives so. you the chance to track yourself, which is pretty cool. Yeah, I did. They got a. This software should be free for sure. Cause now there's no escaping the yeah. the the DARPA darknet and the surveillance system. Well, the worrying thing is that technologies eventually become necessities. Luxuries become necessities. So what happens is in 20 years you're walking through a forest. There's a you know a guy driving you know park a park employee or a park ranger pulls up and he goes, "You didn't register on the uh, beacon system. Where's your uh, where's your GPS?" It's like I don't have one. Put your hands behind your back. <laughs> but I'm from 2021. Let me go. Where's your permission slip to be in nature? Which is what they're doing more and your more permission of. Slip you to literally be need nature. permission slip to, to go into a lot of national parks. And you need to make reservations, sometimes years in advance. Yep. It's absolutely crazy that, that the government is limiting people's ability to be in nature. And uh, that's just... Um, I, I want to use some French language here, but I won't. Uh, absolutely wrong. That's funny that criminal. they call it French... When people start swearing up a storm, they're like, that's French, man. I love the French. <laughs> the French are awesome. Shout out to the French, man, and the Statue of Liberty. All right. Let's talk about Elon Musk. So uh, for those that don't know, Elon Musk's text messages have been uh, released. Not all of them, but many of them. I love this. Amazing. And uh, some of them <laughs> yeah. are like really silly. Like, what is what is this? I jump on a grand for you. Like, <laughs> I jump on a grand for you. Well, this, this, this is what happens when someone's got an iPhone and then they like your text. Android users see this weird. ridiculous Don't message. Like and yeah, and I get it. And I'll say something like, you know, like, oh man, I'm, I'm feeling sick. And it'll be like, liked, oh man, I'm feeling sick. And I'm like, thanks for letting me know, I guess. <laughs> but I'm like, that one, you're just tapping it. So, uh, Will, what's what's going on here? Elon Musk is apparently going to have to buy Twitter. What's the deal? I mean, yeah. So the, the litigation's ongoing. Remember that Twitter sued Elon Musk to try and make him buy the company and go through with his merger with the merger agreement. I mean, and I've predicted for quite some time that Elon is going to lose this lawsuit and he's going to be forced to buy Twitter. Uh, the trial's coming up in a couple weeks. But anyway, the reason we're seeing all this stuff is because right now they're in, doing this really, really rushed discovery process and everybody's producing everything, including all of Elon's text messages with people that relate in any way to the Twitter buyout. And so some of these are absolutely hilarious. Like there was a whole text conversation. I think I sent it to the group. Here's one from, um, who is this? Oh, this is with uh, Jason Calacanis. Uh, what's, this is what's going on with you marketing and SPV to randos? This is not okay. <laughs> right. Not randos. I have the largest angel syndicate and that's how I invest, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, so what, what are some of the good ones? Oh, the good ones are one. The, this one with Parag. So Parag, I think I, I put this in the Twitter group chat. Uh, oh, yeah, Parag is the CEO yeah. of Twitter. Yeah, he says, yeah, Parag's the CEO of Twitter. He says, you are free to tweet, quote, is Twitter dying, end quote, or anything else about Twitter, but it's my responsibility to tell you that it's not helping me make Twitter better in the current context. Next time we speak, I'd like to provide you with perspective on the internal distraction, how it's causing it, blah, 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 blah. Elon responds, what did you get done this week? I'm not joining the board. This is a waste of time. We'll make an offer to take Twitter private. <laughs> also, See, this is why I like Elon. And yeah, zero to 100 just, real imagine, quick. Yeah. Imagine talking to someone like Parag. Yeah. Like that, the way he talked, it's just... I'd be like, come on, guys, say words. Let's 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 figure out what you need to get done that you don't like. There's, don't. there's two typos in, in Parag's response. I'd like to you provide you perspective and then uh, on the level of internal distraction right now and how it hurting our ability to do work. Like he's the CEO of Twitter and he gets two typos 
in a message to Elon Musk, who wants to spend $54 billion, but the guy can't get his 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 text right. Like, right. dude, I would I would be also be very annoyed yeah. if I got a text like that from someone that was purporting to be a CEO. Yeah. Like well, Elon, check your text. Yeah, I think I mean it, it does show that sort of the decision to take go and take Twitter private was a little bit emotional on like Elon's part and kind of impulsive. Yeah. Uh, and now he probably regretted it, huh? Yeah, he probably and and I think that's I mean that's the heart of the lawsuit is that, you know, you just have buyer's remorse. Like you you just suddenly realize the value tanked, you know, well, not that the value tanked, but he thought he saw a a general market downturn coming and the the amount of money that it was going to take to buy Twitter was just too big a portion of his net worth and would have too many implications on Tesla and and SpaceX. Yeah, that and Twitter's, you know, trash. Yeah, but I don't know. I think I mean, that was never why Elon really wanted to buy it. Right. I don't think. I mean, he always said it wasn't an economic rationale, and I, I, I heard that. I, I think that's I, true. I, I got a question. I got. Yeah. What is What does Elon care about his net worth? You know, I, I mean it. I mean, I understand wanting to build stuff, but I mean, it, it implicates his ability to continue to control what happens at Tesla, for example, because most of his net worth is bound up in Tesla stock. So, so I, I guess it would take too much of his stock. Right. So we'd have to yeah. sell too much of it. The value would go down. His his overall control of Tesla might decrease. I'm not exactly sure if Tesla operates with the you know, class A, class B shares, that always means that Elon's this, 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 this is a question, you know, here's, here's a question, right? You know, I've spent a long time working on this, this YouTube channel, mm-hmm. as long as, you know, as, as well as many other people, and my other show, uh, podcast, on, on my other YouTube channels. And it's like, would I sacrifice these if it meant I got to own Twitter and then shut Twitter down? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm kind of like, hmm. I mean, I maybe could, I think ultimately Twitter is going to be a better business than Tesla, frankly. Really? Uh, well, Tesla yeah. is working on a lot of things like personalized ro- robots. I don't know if you heard about this one. They, they might be, but I'm still I mean, I, their f- basic business is is car manufacturing and and car manufacturing is a terrible business. It's just super capital intensive. I mean, every yeah. other car manufacturer in the world trades at like a price to earnings ratio of six or something, which is just way below. And average. the government's What's not average? giving him any subsidies. They're giving it to a lot of other yeah. companies. So uh, it's just, it's just. I think, you know, being an auto manufacturer is actually a really rough and it's hard difficult. business. There's a reason Tesla was like a few years ago was like nearly going bankrupt. And why a lot of the big manufacturers go to Mexico or China. Oh, yeah. And I mean, too. think about all the constant bankruptcies you hear about GM and Ford. And I mean, it's super competitive, too. That's the other thing. I mean, it, Elon's not the only guy making electric cars. There's a billion other manufacturers coming out with them. So I look at Twitter and Twitter's kind of got this almost monopoly on this particular type of public square communication. And it's just a question of how to monetize it. But, you know, compare Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Like all the Twitter competitors are getting wrecked. It's not the same in, in car manufacturers where there's a lot of effective competition. Mines doesn't have a lot of overhead, which is a big upside. Like Twitter's got, I don't know, 5,000 employees. Sure. It's a yeah, ridiculous them. amount of money you spend on that. I don't even know what they're doing. But it's, it's but like, I mean, think about what happened to Parler, right? Like Parler, I don't know if you saw, there was actually a small news item, but the new Parler CEO basically said they're, they're pivoting away from their legacy social media business into like servers for the, you know, trying to can, you know, similar to rumble, create like the uncancelable economy. 
um, gabs being, getting wrecked, right? And so yeah. the idea is that the, you know, Cloud my, services. Yeah. So there, I mean, basically that's, that's the CEO of Parler or the new CEO of Parler looking at it and like, wow, this social media business is not going anywhere. I'm going to do something else with the new this company. C, uh, Jason, is he still the CEO? <clears throat> the new CEO? The oh, new CEO, no, Jason left. I think it's, it's Candace Owens' husband is the new CEO oh. of Parler. Is that George, but Farmer. Not George Farmer, yeah. Parler and Getter and cool. Gab and like all oh, yeah, the Getter, Getter. I mean, Getter is just funded by the Chinese like billionaire, the guy who funds oh, Bannon. Getter. Guo. I thought yeah. he was bankrupt. I don't think he's bankrupt, mm. but that's where the like the original funding yeah, for that came Jason from. Jason Miller of Getter is who I was talking about, and he's still CEO. See, that's the thing. I got he's Parler and Getter mixed up. Like they're both er Twitter, Getter, Parler. Like they're just copying carbon. Like, and what's the difference here? Yeah. It's all that's proprietary well, the with, only no, way, with no E, just the consonant and then the R. The only way they're trying to compete, like their entire competitive advantage is we don't censor, but that's not really a competitive advantage. Like they're I mean, and the end result of that is. I mean, if if you're you get the the core of your user base, then becomes the people who were censored. I don't even know how people like, use Twitter. I don't know. I mean, I like I like Twitter, and it, Twitter's where everybody else is, so it's still the functional public square. I think yeah. this is one of those Twitter and this particular type of social media business is just it's a natural monopoly. Elon, he needs to buy it, man. Yeah, because things we, would be we, so we much need, better. If we he need did. we need Alex Jones back. We need Carl Benjamin back. We need Milo Yiannopoulos back. We need Laura Loomer back. We These people should be on freedom. there. They should be saying what they think and being, they should be allowed to say Yeah, Elon, I mean, just settle, dude. You're going to lose anyway. <laughs> he's well, going to lose this lawsuit. Settle by the company. Maybe that's the idea is he's going to get it cheaper now just by forcing a settlement. Maybe, but we're, I mean, we're, you know, he's, we're, close, right? we're close to a trial and, a, and an order from the judge that says, yeah, Elon, you're, you, you are ordered to buy the company at this price. <laughs> wow. Did you, did like, that's but what if he can't? He can't. Oh, he can. Dollars. He has the money. Like, and, and everybody knows he has. The, I mean, that you can do public based on his public holdings of, tw you know, Tesla. But can for they example. force liquidation of Tesla oh, yeah. stock? Oh yeah, yeah. Wow. And hold him in contempt. And well, basically, they can hold him in contempt until he does it and charge it and is fine him enough money that effectively it forces it. Yeah, I think I think you were the one, you said this before that uh, a can, uh, a judge can hold you in contempt in a way that's that's reasonable to make you comply. Right. Meaning like if you're very wealthy, they will just make it painful for you. Right. There there's there's Huge no fines. limit to the amount they can fine you if if you're just in contempt flouting in a court order, right? They're yep. they're going to do as much as is necessary to get you to comply. Oof. Did you guys see the Jack Dorsey, Elon Musk texts? Are those also from Discovery? Yeah, yes. yeah. It's like, I yes. have it all here, but there's like oh, no great. way I'm going to be able to go through yeah, it. Yeah, there's better stuff. formats I've seen of it. This, um, MS, <laughs> CNBC did a story on it. Jack Dorsey tried to get Elon must Musk be a way to Twitter rotate. Board. But it's them yeah. talking about basically that they want to, they both want to decentralize the, the technology and uh, work together. And that Jack was like, I couldn't, I, I could try and get you on the board. I got 3% of the company and really no pull there but I'll see what I can do. And then he's like, what I really want to do is use this stuff as a decentralized protocol. And Elon's like, okay, I like that idea. So if he buys Twitter, uses the software, frees the software code, makes it like a universal global effort to create a decentralized... Encrypts private messages so they can't sure. get leaked to anyone? Well, the downside of encrypted messages, if I send you something encrypted, you can send that to anyone. I don't have any... like I got You got to trust the person on the other end, but the idea is it's encrypted between the two people yes. that are using the message. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, encrypted yeah, messaging no. is key. So how do you think this is going to play out? How do you see this kind of going forward? What's the timeline? And then uh, do you see a, a, a big kind of blowback if Elon does take over that there might be some efforts? Because Bill Gates already had a lot of secretive efforts with his 
organizations trying to, of course, attack Elon Musk. Uh, they had a big public beef. He used a lot of his NGOs as, as a form to attack him. Will there be attacks on Twitter to, uh, of course, compromise it as a platform? I mean, I don't know if they, they can really compromise it as a platform. I think you'll see the activists will be in a different position where because Elon won't pay attention to the left wing activists yeah. in the same way that the current management does. Well, what I'm speculating is what if someone says, OK, well, Elon has the platform. Now let's talk about how many bots are on the platform. Oh, it's it's 50 percent of the platform. Well, and if people but it's a private out, company, so yeah. it's not subject to the same sort of security regulations. Could, but someone could leak company. or or try to, of course, sabotage the company. Yeah, I mean, maybe, but it's. It, the, the the sort of obvious methods of sabotage that you're thinking of wouldn't work in the world where it's a private company and then it doesn't have to obey securities laws in the same way, right? Where it's, mm -hmm. you know, the it's it's one of the big disciplining things about our system. And, and I think people, you know, we think that the free market and capitalism only, you know, works because of competition. But one, one big thing is that public company CEOs have to tell the truth about their companies every three months in a way that politicians don't. Yeah. You know, politicians can just lie and lie and lie about, the operation of the government and so can the department heads and nobody goes nobody's ever you know threatened with jail for that but if you are a public company ceo and you lie about your business results you can go to jail for securities fraud but there's why, don't we, to. why don't we make it so that whenever you're inaugurated or whatever you swear uh, an oath to, to you know tell the truth well it's the like truth. it's it's like the government the problem is it's the government trying to hold itself accountable, accountable for honesty and especially like the highest level officials and it just doesn't it doesn't work the same way the reason this works is because the sovereign is imposing that discipline on on public company ceos hmm. i i remember uh james clapper testifying under oath that they weren't wittingly spying on the american people with the prism software or the prism program and they were but i mean in the use of the word wittingly like maybe they were inadvertently doing it and didn't realize it but i mean i think they were kind of wittingly spying and like no there was no yeah you know he, and there, there's these know. external consequences right like even J james clapper should have been prosecuted but they, nope. i mean you can't the intelligence agencies have the own their own problem which is like the the ultimately the j edgar hoover problem they know too much yeah lying uh, to congress you know that's a charge that's being thrown around right now hoover uh, did that routinely exactly all uh, the cia but, agents but, did that but, routinely. you know individuals like roger roger stone get charged for that oh, yeah. other individuals like the former head of the cia that knowingly lie that also get us into wars no no, no it's no, weird we're not it's like, use that one it's like the the industrial agriculture of politics is like or what do you call it when they have a bunch of like pig slaughterhouses in secret we don't want to look at it we don't want to smell it but we know those pigs are getting cut up in like tens by tens of thousands people are grabbing piglets and smashing them on the ground because they don't like them like crazy people work in these slaughter shops we do, we know it's happening a lot of people do but we're just letting it happen because we want that bacon we know the cia is lying but we just let it happen because it's the we need a secret agency telling lies for a living like that's the whole point of the cia i don't know if no. you can compare the cia to bacon you know bacon has a purpose bacon yeah <laughs> bacon actually helps people I, I have bacon every morning and it may it, it's the light of my day Ooh. i'll tell you more about I'm, I'm just, i just started the cia book and i'm going to read more about it what is it called it's called let me see uh legacy of ashes okay. uh which wow. is a, sounds about right yeah which is really i mean i think is the, that from the jfk quote I'm not sure. JFK had a famous quote Legacy. about what he wanted to do with the CIA. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, yeah. JFK got... He was like, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to tear him up, 
Set him on fire and then piss on him. There's yeah. a really great ex-CIA, uh, former CIA counterterrorist expert, Kevin Ship, and I highly recommend looking up anything he does on the internet. He he wrote a book called From the Company of Shadows, talking about CIA operations, abuse of secrecy, and he's like full out. They threatened his family, he said, since he's left and talked about it, but he's like just straight up and telling you, they, there's like a law they have that lets them lie. It, it, it like almost encourages, for the name of national yeah. defense. It's standard protocol. What was uh, Mike Pompeo's, uh, he, he said, uh, you know, we were taught to lie, cheat, and steal, and that's exactly what we did some, he said something to the, to that tone. I forgot what it was. I can pull it up. Yeah, but I, I've just I also finished Tim. Same guy, Tim Weiner wrote a book called uh, Enemies, which was about the FBI. That's also a really good book. I've sort of you know read about the FBI and the CIA since we're all talking about fixing yeah. them. Um, yeah. Fixing, yeah, right, dismantling. Um, yeah. But yeah, no CIA. See, the big thesis of CIA, the CIA book so far is the CIA is actually incompetent. Like we think of it as scary and over you know abusive, but in real you know the big lesson is more than anything it was just straight up incompetent and killed a lot of its own agents for no good reason well i would argue that's a cover but that's just my own per pure speculations <laughs> but mike pompeo did say on the record quote we lied we cheated we stole we had entire training courses it reminds you of the glory of the american experiment that's literally what he said um, Lying, cheating, and now he stealing. might be running uh, to be the next president of the united states the glory of the american experiment meaning like stealing the land from the native population uh, that, that's you know, like telling them, you know, we're gonna we're gonna make a deal with you, and then not giving them this stuff. I mean, there's a well, I think it was no, it was the natives would would give their land for like blankets, and then they wanted the land back, and they're like, no, you call that they called it Indian giver. It yeah. was like this real offensive, you know. I'm, I'm not. A they still call them expert. Indian, like they're from yeah. India. It's I'm so not ridiculous. an expert in Indian history, but I know there's a lot of contention well, to what actually happened. Indian now. history is in India. The Native American population that was abuse of slander to call those people Indians, especially after they knew they didn't land in India, and they knew that really early on. I think actually a lot of them don't care. Well, I care. But call not, Indians Indian. Call Native, Native Americans Americans. That's my opinion. I think that I, we got to jump to this story, my <laughs> friends. It's the end of an era. No! Trevor Noah quits The Daily Show oh, after Wokery saw viewing figures slump to around 363,000 uh, 363, a show. Seven years of taking over from Jon Stewart, who routinely pulled in an audience of 1.5 million. Yeah, I do think Wokery played a role, but I also think it's just a change in how media is being consumed. I think Jon Stewart was the real talent. Trevor Noah yeah. was kind of a nobody, so he couldn't really pull anything in. Yeah. And also... Who's going to be watching this? Show yeah, John Stewart built that show. Trevor Noah just inherited it. Uh, but this is but this is still good news. Yes, I think Trevor Noah was was bad. Mm -hmm. He had half truths and misinformation consistently on his show that he wouldn't fact check. And uh, these are the kind of people that believed RussiaGate, UkraineGate, Hands Up, Don't Shoot, Ahmed Arbery, you know the Trayvon Martin stuff. They believed all the lies, the manipulations. So seeing him go, I was talking about this earlier. It is the end of an era. The corporate establishment, the woke establishment, they are dwindling. James Corden, is that his name, that guy? Mm -hmm. he's, he's out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Samantha so B got canceled. Oh, She's yeah. out. Did Corden quit? Or did he, I think he quit. Did uh, Trevor Noah quit? He is quitting. He has, he's not Corden. out yet, but he's announced his departure from the show. And so, good. They're, who are they going to get? This is effectively the end of this, of this trash. Jon Stewart may have had something back in the day, but he created this breed of mechanical, formulaic, fake political humor that has plagued this country for a decade. So I'm glad to see Trevor Noah out. Hopefully, things like this start to spread out and downturn. Hopefully, there's more of this. I mean, you, you know, think about John Stewart destroyed Crossfire. You remember that? That's when, right. Like, That's right. And Crossfire, at the time, he was like, this is partisan hackery. We can do so much better. And it's like, Crossfire was the last time you had Republicans and, and Democrats regularly debating each other on equal terms and on John, a major and, network. 
John Stewart comes in smug as a button and says, this is garbage and mocks Tucker Carlson. And what does what is John Stewart's legacy? Garbage, formulaic, trash humor. We yeah. get it, John Oliver. It's the current year, little Timothy. Yes, yeah, it's like it, it's it's but it's all he, no, it's, not, it's not just that. It's that somebody uh, somebody actually wrote out the formula for John John Oliver's show, mm-hmm. and it was like say thing, compare it to thing in, in the past, say what year it is, then say Timothy, and it was like you're like wow, he actually does that like half the time. Yikes. that's crazy. And then it was like they mentioned there would be beats with claps from the audience, like, and it was this meme that was talking about how this was basically programming people. Say thing, call it absurd, whether it's true or not, tell the audience to clap for it. That's John Stewart's legacy. Samantha yeah. B, all that stuff, gone. Good. Get yeah, and it was it's all been terrible. Like John Stewart was like the original and I remember John Stewart being pretty funny at times. Like he actually had real talent, but God, the derivatives of John Stewart were so bad. Oh, it was the, the echoes of Stewart. Yeah, the Colbert Report plague. Horror. I thought it was so bad. He was pretending to be a warmonger, and you couldn't tell if he was being honest or not. It was the worst. He was propaganda. being honest. He was Look being a warmonger. Out. Yeah, it, well, he was basically like, "Well, that's why we need war." <laughs> and you're like, "Is he? People don't understand. You're joking, bro. Like that was you. You, oh, you oh, program on, people no, for no, a no, decade. No. Have you watched?" His show? I nearly he's vomited for, for like yeah. 10 years. Oh, I mean, he's, he's totally got the, corporate. He's doing what the late show? He, he wants this money is, and he, is, he'll hide behind, you know, John, whoever's John Stewart. John Stewart's legacy is a plague on this country. It, it Like Jordan Klepper is his name or whatever. Oh, Samantha yeah. B, John Oliver, Stephen Colbert. These are not good people helping this yeah, country. The only, the only good alumni of The Daily Show are the people who went into acting, like Car- Steve Carell. That's it. Right. Right. Yeah, like, he, he avoided political. Propaganda. He avoided the political stuff, and he just did the office, and was and has right. been funny for a decade. Mm-hmm. I mean, Colbert guy. was funny on The Daily Show when he was the correspondent. I thought yeah. he's a funny actor, but right. his political crap is like just over. Yeah, the I thought top. Colbert Report is better than was better than uh, the current version of Colbert's late night show, which is just pure like <laughs> Look the at, most banal thing ever. When John Stewart went on Colbert's show, the new one, and said that lab leak was the most likely scenario for COVID. And Colbert was pushing back like, no, 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 no. And that contrast right there was the difference between what Jon Stewart started and what be, what his legacy is. Right. Yeah, that's true. And, you know, he was very busy also dancing with the syringes. So uh, he was, pre- <laughs> he was preoccupied right. and couldn't really think straight there. But, you know, who, who thought, you know, just being a show for the establishment wasn't paying off. And I think a, 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 a big reason to, to why this, this is happening is because probably Comedy Central is running out of money. And I think they're going to move into the same realm as yeah, MTV. Do they have anything now? I mean, I guess they have South Parks. Still? They have reruns yeah, of South Parks. Which they don't get original. Now, I guess they don't even get original. Which South are now premiere, premiered originally on on Paramount Plus. Uh, uh, so even even Comedy Central doesn't have that. So they're probably going to be running just reruns of old shows, Tosh Point oh, uh, and, God, and and just like they just, had just like MTV. And John Stewart, I mean, yep. Comedy Central was like the cable yeah, network. Absolutely, during. yeah, and it, and it pushed the limit, yeah, with especially Chappelle with Chappelle. It, it pushed the Overton window, and it was able to have a photo. conversation that that was pretty spicy and wild. You know what this photo is? Compliance. Daily Show audience. Sheep. And, and what do you notice people. about it? Masks. What year Clapping. is it? Yeah, it's twenty twenty two, little Timothy. Okay. Take off your mask. What is going on with the Daily Show's audience that they're all still doing this? And they're not it, laughing; they're clapping. It is, exactly. And it's a cult. Yeah. Yeah. This is what a cult is. They they they're they're not following the guidelines anymore. They're in their own weird cult. Yo, the mask mandates are gone. What yeah. are you doing? What's going on, man? It's been almost two. It's been oh, it's been over a year. 
They're still doing it. Yeah. Crazy. Well, congratulations, <sighs> John Stewart. You know, he he had us come back and he's he dabbled in wokeness and stuff now too. Because he people are just desperate for relevance, I guess. I mean, it must be said, you know, there's a lot of people who are in, say, the music industry and they get a, a handful of hit songs. Then the next album comes out and it's like, it sells decently. Then the next album comes out and no one really cares. And then their next album comes out and it sells literally nothing and they get dropped by their label. These people lost it. They're mm-hmm. so desperate and scared that you offer them anything, they'll take it. I saw reality TV dancing with the chef. It's like, okay, you're going to dance and this guy's going to cook food at the same time. Like, I'll do anything, yeah. please. I want to be famous. The natural trajectory of a, of a international Come here, superstar. Harvey Weinstein, like it said yeah. loudly to his candidates. The modern superstar does different things. You don't keep doing what made you famous when you were young. You got to go on to the next thing, make some hit songs, make a hot TV show, learn Russian learn how to cook maybe start a, a bread baking company like you've got to do new things you can't back in the day they just recycle the same garbage but then they get unhappy and then they start just playing the game to play the game and they get lazy so you really got to branch out and because the reason you can do that is because all the tools are at your fingertips you can learn russian tonight you can start baking you have access to every food on earth essentially right now well a lot of people do i'm very lucky to have access to every food on earth right now a lot of them so you may or may not. I don't know, but it, you know you can. That's not true. Look either. up ingredients online. You can look up recipes. You can start baking tonight. There's so it's many. Never been easier to learn to cook. I will say that. That's you can't very true. get wasabi. Yeah, oh, most of it is scandalous. Fake. I think it's like you can only get it actually in Japan. They don't. They don't so we, what we have is like a weird. I'm being hyperbolic with every food on earth, but you have a wide variety of foods to choose from and, and recipes available at your fingertips. Languages you can you can learn how to pilot with flight simulators. Like right now, you can start learning the basics and then go take your pilot's exam. You're making me hungry. I want some wagyu beef. Hungry right for now. flight. <laughs> you made me oh, think man. about Japan. Yeah, I'll bake with some vinegar, baby. Oof. Well, you, not vinegar. You just you know, saute it. tallow. I'm just waiting for that bacon to come in. So we ran out of the the, the, uh, pre-wrapped bacon. I had to order more, but it takes, you know, a week or so to come in. The reason that came to my mind is because, like, if Jon Stewart did learn Russian and went to Russia and started talking to, is it like a diplomat? Now we're talking international superstardom again, and he doesn't have to, like, hang on to Stephen Colbert's coattails to try and stay relevant and, and, like, say the, the new cool thing. But it takes a lot of effort to learn new things. You know, there's no reason that Jon Stewart couldn't actually be a very interesting figure if he just dispensed with the wokeness, because I don't think that's really him. That wasn't him in yeah. the 2000s right. at all. He praised Project Veritas on more than one occasion. Yeah. Like, you know, and but, he criticized people, even Barack Obama and his drone strikes, which yeah. was rare, and he broke from the norm. So whenever you see someone trying to be accepted and, and be liked, that's just a, a disgusting behavior that naturally human beings are like, okay, this is fake, this is ingenuine, I don't like any of this, get away from me. But when someone's being themselves and willing to push you know, the envelope and willing to be themselves and willing to actually speak truth to power, that's respectable. That's something that people you know, really love because it resonates with them and it's rare but it also helps progress society and make society better when you're willing to of course get out of the agenda get out of the narrative and be able to actually have a real honest conversation and stop bullshitting people about all this nonsense that of course is all a part of an agenda meant to enslave humanity so yeah that's just my opinion at the last bit there but, <laughs> the, last but bit. the last bit there was just conjecture there for, for me but, but but you get the point I'm, I'm sure. look this is this, rings, this, this story I think is, is, is a white pill moment it's op- optimism mm-hmm. you know so I, I mentioned this uh, at the start of the show I did a segment on this earlier in the day, uh, earlier in the day and I mentioned that we are going to have one of the towers mm-hmm. on New Year's Eve so it's a substantial amount of advertisement 
There's, I think, 10 ads that rotate over 100 seconds. We'll have one of those sets. They're all synchronized. It's going to be amazing. And everybody who's watching the celebration is going to see that ad because they're, they're playing the celebration all day. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So it's just all day, all over the world, everyone tuning into New York City. We are taking that space over. I don't see The Daily Show up there. You got to do a thing where it's just a beanie and then you slowly materialize into it and then you're there. I mean, that'd be cool, but I don't know if it would like send an effective message. Oh, a message to me, man. That'd be awesome. I guess. I, I, was, th I was thinking like, you know, one marketing strategy would be to go weird by just doing like using every every screen to show Roberto Jr. Because then people are going to be like, what is this? And then you want them to ask and remember. And then it, yeah, why is there a chicken up on <laughs> a know, giant five? You know, what would that be like 400 feet tall? Would it like, be like all the building like his legs in one screen, like a piece of them and all the different screens. But if you stand back far enough, you, you can, can see, see the whole the, thing, the whole the whole chicken. Yeah. Yeah, but I was like, no, maybe we'll just do, you know, we, we had to figure it out, but we want the, the, the personalities, various personalities. You got to do a Super Bowl, Super Bowl ad at some point. That would be absolutely insane. We Yeah. Chickens uh, uh, playing football. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> right? That would be, that'd that'd be, be amazing. Big. Yeah. A cartoon. But I think those are substantially more yeah, expensive. Yeah, Super Bowl like, ads are insane. Yeah, but the, we uh, could raise money for it. Right? So, like, we, we weren't able to get the actual package. The uh, I'll just tell people, like, well, maybe I shouldn't just yet because I don't know what the contract stuff is. But let me just say, like, there's a, a premium New York package they have for mm -hmm. specifically for New Year's that includes like a national run, and it just costs millions of dollars. Yeah. And I then assume. when they they called me and they were like, "This is what we want to do with with Timcast," and then I was like, "Wow, how much is that?" And they were like, "X million," and I started laughing. <laughs> and then I was like, "Okay, dude, like maybe next year." <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe one day. I was like, but hey, thanks for having faith and thinking we're capable of doing those things. <laughs> what we got is expensive, but it's 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 like, look, we're getting ten percent of the of the of the boards, so it's like not like it's anywhere near that expensive. It's, you mentioned earlier, but is it a twenty four hour run on each board? Just it's looping two weeks. all day, every day for two weeks. For two weeks, all day, every day in That's a loop. Great. On so we can do seconds. a lot of different stuff. Yeah. So te technically, you give them your ad set and then they run it, but you can always send them updates. Can so, you do how many like in a day different ones can you run in one day? I mean, I'd imagine as many as you want. You'd, oh. you'd annoy the crap out of them by telling them to keep changing it. They might be like, come on, dude, chill. Mm -hmm. But uh, we could do like an update on Christmas because it's going to be there through Christmas. And then a New Year's put, you know, something updated for New Year's. So you can actually like what you're, what you're basically renting the space and they're digital. So you can change them to whatever you want. Do you like some hyperbox stuff like the world is changing call to action of some sort? Like stuff where like you are in control it, this is your world call to action. I think, you know, we, we thought about doing some kind of message like you are not the elite anymore or something. But I think the most effective thing is literally just a basic ad. You are because, the elite now talking well, to the common man. The idea is that if we make it an activist statement, we set ourselves apart from the from the, the cultural establishment. If we put ourselves there, the, the average person just sees us as part of it. So we've invaded that space. We've taken their clout. And then we're going to have Luke standing next to some of these people. And it's just going to be hilarious. I just think that's funny. A broken clock is right twice a day. And then show a picture of me. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Time for super chat? Roll 20. It, it is show indeed. me like throwing a die or something. Yes. Roll a 20. 
Yeah. No, Critical I, success. Similar to the ads we already have, but we're going to be at this party where they have like a special area. There's a live performance, VIP only indoors. It's catered, buffet. And the people who are there are apparently like the New York royalty politicians, real estate owners. And then it's going to be us. So uh, I'm excited for that. I think it's going to be utterly fantastic. So, but we're going to go to Super Chats. Let me pull up the Super Chats. It takes just about one second. Luke, say words while I do this. Words. Words, words, words. Words, 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 words. What's your favorite? Cyrillic My favorite Cyrillic letter is J. That's yeah. Backwards R. That's the last letter of the alphabet. One more time, Ian. Yeah. From start to finish. A, B, C. Okay. There's no no say. Okay. All right. All right. Ladies and gentlemen. If you haven't already, would you kindly smash that like button, subscribe to this channel, share the show with your friends, become a member at TimCast.com because what are we going to do with it? We are going to like, I don't know, take over Times Square or at least be as a part of it for big events. And we're, our goal is just to keep pushing into the cultural spaces. We are working on a, the next release of a song uh, one, one, uh, for our music projects. And we've got uh, some some big industry guys that are working with us. So success is is happening now. And, you know, look, you plant the seeds with what the Daily Wire is doing, the stuff we're doing, and many others. Hopefully in 10 years, we've completely won the culture war. Look, Trevor Noah's out. We're winning, baby. Let's read some super chats. Smash that like button if you haven't already. Harry Toe says, hello, Luke. Lately, you're looking amazing. Thank you. I appreciate that. I've, you know, I have a lot of people calling me very bold and very beautiful. I appreciate it very much. <laughs> That's right. Blue Heart says, if Ian isn't transformed into She-Hulk this episode, then <laughs> meditating didn't work like I thought. Oh, the episode's not over yet. <laughs> Nova says, if you put Alex Jones up in Times Square, I will up my sub to $25 tier until 2024. Do it. It will drive them nuts. We'll see. It's an issue of, um, we'd have to Alex. I'm sure Alex would say yes, but there are rules. So they, they could say no, and then you can't really do anything. You're renting someone's property. Like you're, you're, it's a rental. You know what I mean? But um, we did think about it. Michael Malice, I thought, was... Um, the next best thing we could do because there's nothing they can really say about him, but he he pokes the bear very well. Like a funny picture of Alex with the tinfoil hat on or something. That might be a good ad. <laughs> but what's the message, right? So the, so it's a question of... Tim, follow it, join us. Mm, but he's not like a part of the show in any way. He's just a goofball. You know, M Michael is like, he's a recurring guest who do, who's done pranks and gags that we've had on the show. So I was like, it makes sense. And, and he's, he's very effective in his challenge to the establishment. So we dig it. Beavis McLean says, and now to our good friend Beavis McLean. Tim, I audibly cheered at your Times Square announcement today. I started, I startled the entire supermarket, but I regret nothing. <laughs> Love what you Crazy and the gang person. are doing. I hope this helps fund more great jamming. Yeah, man. That was it. I was just like, it's going to be cool when these people look up on New Year's Eve. Oh, I just got to tell you, when they were, when we had the ads in Times Square, these lefties were tweeting, like, why is there a 40 foot tall Tim Pool? Like, what? I'm barfing and I'm just laughing. I'm like... Because we're winning, dude. Mm -hmm. And so for them to be sitting at home with their parents and like watching CNN, and then they just see it all big in the background behind Anderson Cooper, and they go, what? Yeah, we're winning, dude. That's it's uh, all thanks to our faithful viewers and members. Grofty says, Bocus for president. Bocus took a piss on the wall today. Yeah. And he stared directly into my eyes. That's a challenge. That's I look over and I see him squatting in this weird way. Uh -huh. And then I'm, I start yelling, no. And, I'm look, and he's just looking me dead in the eyes as he just keeps <laughs> doing it. And I had to run over and push him to make him stop. And then he runs off. What a dick. Yeah, <laughs> Literally. Cats, man. It's because we weren't letting him go outside because he had to go to the doctor. We let him go outside, but then he's gone. 
you can't find him to go to the doctor. So the other day to go to the doctor, I had to go outside with a can of tuna and bang on it with a fork and then he comes running. So we can't let him out, you know. Smart Apparently, Bocus is constipated, so. Oh, no. Oh. Not yeah, again. we got to figure it out. Well, it's probably from all the squirrel he's been eating or something. Yeah, yeah he was digging into those bacons, too, like for a month. I had yeah. to replace it. We had, we had a, box. a drawer. So, one of the reasons we ran out of bacon is that Bocus jumped into the box, dude, and I was went, just digging through. I them. went into the box, and there were like 40 open, half eaten bacons with pl- eaten <laughs> plastic. <laughs> and I was like, That's what? We're out of bacon. She's eating plastic, really. It's probably been his gut for a month. That's what cats do. They do. They chew on plastic. They love it. Weird. What's wrong with them? Raymond G. Stanley Jr. says, "Tim, I've learned as a leader from the core to my current position. Folks want to uh, folks want to know the truths and whys of what is you ask of them. Leadership 101. Yet politicians fail daily with this simple ask. Yeah, no, that's a key leadership lesson. Like you, you know, being willing not just leading like an authoritarian. Like you must do X. Being yeah. like willing to explain to your subordinates why you have asked them." When it's appropriate, obviously, sometimes there's urgency. But as a general rule, it's good to have your subordinates understand what you're trying to accomplish Yeah, and why. Earl Graham says, been watching for years now and love the show. Today is my 33rd birthday, and I wanted and I wanted was to motorboat Luke's tig oh, old no. biddies, but sadly <laughs> seems that he's been deflated. How dare you detransition? Well, j- just wait. That's all I got to say. And um, Oh, no, no, no. Just wait. <laughs> all right, all right. David Scott says, I've posted numerous times. I have no issues with notifications. That changed today. I changed my news-seeking process throughout the day and had to go to my sub list. Get Tony Heller on the show. Who's that? Don't know. And Orange Sea Lion says, if you only have 10%, it seems like the 10% of the time is up. CNN, etc. will just use clever camera angles to keep you off the screen. By all means, I'd love for them to try and do it. We're still invited to the party. So it is. But look. There's going to be all of the people there on the ground. There's going to be all the photos taken. And when we, we had, we've had, we had a, a ads this summer, there were videos on TikTok with millions of views of people dancing and our ads are in those videos. So they can't do anything about it. Let's grab some more super chats. Murph tries DIY says NYE uh, billboard should say it's over CNN. I have the high ground. That's a good one. <laughs> That's actually very funny. That's good. We can only do that if it's not an advertisement. You can uh, when it's it's it's. So if we don't include the website, we can actually do that. But I don't know if it's worth it. You know, we we want to get the advertising out of it, right? It's because if you don't advertise, it's protected free speech. If you are advertising, it's commercial, and now you could be infringing on someone's Can you market. have, like, one image that's an advertisement, then it morphs into another one that says that that's not nope. an ad? Oh, so it's either they're all considered ads or none of them are? The, the video plays for 10 seconds. Whatever is in it is a single ad, even if you flicker through different images. So when we were doing, we did the Taylor Lorenz thing when we said she doxed libs of TikTok. And they said, if you include, you know, the website or a commercial product, it's advertising and you're using someone else's likeness, they won't allow it. So, because we didn't, and it just said, it was quoting me, it was allowed. So, good fun stuff. Smokey Joe says, not trying to be a jerk, but you are not good with predictions. And you've been on every side of Civil War predictions. World War Three will happen when I happens. Um, I don't know. I, I've gotten some predictions, and I've gotten some uh, poorly. Wait, you've gotten a prediction wrong? Oh, uh, yeah. What do you Once? Mean? Oh, oh uh, gosh. I, I, a bunch of things I thought like if you prognosticated, you should never, ever get a prediction wrong. Yeah, and it's no, just like you have to have 100% here's, accurate here's, record. Here's the thing. That people, uh, a lot of these people, like these lefties aren't smart enough, or they probably get it in their July. If there's a video 
where I'm like, Trump might get a 49 state landslide. I think they're specifically referring to my Moody's analytics review, where mm-hmm. I was reading a news article that said there was a possibility of a Trump 49 state landslide. Moody's was referring to uh, uh, Moody's analytics in, 20, in 2019 said the economy was so strong mm-hmm. that there was a, a chance that Trump could actually see like a, a record number of electoral votes. And then I'm like, wow, like they're actually suggesting this. And then they act like I'm making some grand prediction because I read an economist's analysis of the, you know, of, of, the, of the country or something. I don't know. I just see it as like everybody who, you know, makes predictions gets some right and gets some wrong. Like I'm a yeah, lawyer no. and I get some legal predictions right and some legal predictions wrong. I'm not perfect. But also I've gotten a ton right. So yeah. it is what it is. It's yeah, like, see, I'm, 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 I'm sticking with 50, my, 50. I'm sticking with my Elon's going to be forced to buy Twitter prediction. That one I've been on for three months. So watch that. Yeah, space. you were the first person to say that to me. Yeah. Grofty says Roberto Jr. needs a cameo at the ball drop. Buck, buck, buck. Uh, I have news. We have secured a location for a brick and mortar shop. Maybe I shouldn't say what the name of it's going to be. Well, you know what? We wanted to name it Roberto Jr.'s, but maybe we can't actually do that. Why? Do you want to talk about that on air? I think I think the idea for the brick and mortar mm-hmm. shop is that it needs to be an, an, a, a, a business in, into, in, in and unto itself. In and of itself. Oh, I see. So, Unique brand. Yeah. So, you know, making it being a part of what we already do it kind of defeats the purpose of creating something separate. Yeah, that's smart. That's why I was like, we probably can't call Roberto Juniors. Oh, well. But I got to admit, like, it's it's not like... Bobby J's. It's only a matter of time before people find out, like, oh, that shop that sells, you know, bacon is Tim's or something. You know what I mean? So we'll see what happens. Paul Morris says, I, I'm convinced Trevor Noah quit because he couldn't compete with Luke's buxom display. <laughs> Thank you very much. Buxom. I appreciate uh, that. That's a, you spelled that wrong. It's B-U-X-O-M. Yes, great spelling, great word, though. It is a good word. You knew what he was trying to say. I had to think about it because it did. It's phonetic. Yeah, it checks out. Dana says, everyone is too consumed with pointing fingers on who blew up the Nord Stream. When what we should be focusing on is the consequences that are to come. Yeah. Well, some of the consequences depend on who blew it up in the first place. That's true. Like, if the Russians blew it up, I guess it doesn't mean they're going to attack us because they blew it up. You know, but if we did, we escalated. So, I don't know. It matters a lot. Jason Lindholm says, Tim, I will bet money that military doctrine is if nukes are used, then retaliation is with nukes. Yeah. Yeah, but the issue is if Poznan, is that how you say it? Poznan. Poznan gets nuked, would the U.S. then nuke Moscow? Well, but you have to think about how the Russians would respond, right? Like, if the Russians actually did nuke Poznan, would they be doing so betting that we wouldn't respond with nukes? I don't think so, given that they're they're in NATO. So I think that probably we have to go through the calculation of if they nuke Poznan, like a city. We're not talking about, like, a military tactical nuke. We're talking about, like, if they nuke a NATO city, they have to assume that NATO's coming back at them, which means full-scale nuclear war. But then what do we nuke? Do we say, okay, what's a comparable-sized city? St. Petersburg. I, I don't no, we serious. don't. We once you you know you don't nuke piecemeal. <laughs> so. You just say okay, launch them all. I think nukes are the wrong thing to look at too. You think that in eighty years we haven't come up with any other kinds of weapons? I don't mm-hmm. think that anybody's. I, I honestly don't think anybody's going to break the seal because when, everybody. The logic I'm describing is not novel, right? Like it's it's. I'm sure both Russians and us have like, you know doctrine on the use of nuclear weapons and and essentially what it looks like in current particular situations which is why i don't think russia will use them 
You think so? Well, let's see who's right. We were talking about predictions. My oh, prediction man, is, I hope you are. I, I, I don't see a nuclear strike I coming. Think, I think Russia's going to threaten to use nuclear weapons, but it, I think it's first going to declare a full out, all-out war, and I think it's really going to put the hammer down on Ukraine, on its infrastructure, and I think hopefully, if we're lucky, it ends there. Why would, why would Russia just be like, well, we're getting crushed on every front. I surrender. Because they already have worth the land they need. They have the freeways to Crimea. Just, no, no, no. That's that. I'm saying if they lose that, if they, they lose they, that, Ukraine's already to take it back. Okay, Ukraine's already pushed through in many of these territories. They don't even control these four regions. They've now made them part of Russia in their eyes. So how could they not defend it if their ground troops are routed and their machinery is is routed? Would Russia just be like, guess we lost that land that I claimed was ours? We won't defend. Or is he going to be like tactical nukes, art, uh, nuclear artillery? Jeez, I, I don't know if you need to go that far. He's already rained incendiary bombs down on some of these cities. I mean, you, you have to... One thing, though, is that Putin has been trying to do the Ukraine war on the cheap, right? Just by yep. the sheer number... He hasn't used many troops. That's one of the reasons that Ukraine was able to make that big advance in the Kharkov region is because it was just a very thin Russian line. Mm. Um, and it's also why he's done the partial mobilization now to bring in like 300, like almost... 1.5x the total military mm -hmm. commitment in Ukraine. So, like, that's also one another reason I don't think we're doing because I think we're a long way down the escalatory ladder from the use of nuclear weapons in terms of, I mean, Ukraine, you know, Russia's going to try and, you know, consolidate its victory, you know, consolidate its territorial um, gains with this new troop movement. And maybe, I don't know, maybe try and move on Kiev. Jim Pop says, you guys are missing the issue. Biden announced the U.S. will send divers to Nordstrom. Really? Are they going to be picking up books? <laughs> well, what does Nordstrom sell? Clothes? Yeah. Clothes, yeah. Russia owns the Nordstrom lines. I don't think Russia owns Nordstrom. I think it's an American company, isn't it? No. I know what you mean. I'm just I'm just uh, poking fun. Jim Pop means the U.S. is going to be sending divers to Nordstrom. Russia owns the Nordstrom lines. We are going to get into a shoving match if we touch that pipeline. Possibly. Russia might be like, back off. Get your troops out of here. This is our line. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. Alexander Cross says the correct way to survive a nuclear attack is either A, find the bomb site and sit on it, or B, get far enough outside the blast as you can. You get caught in the blast, have a revolver handy in case. Well, that's if you're caught in the, um, in the thermal burn radius. So depending on where you are, if you see a, you know, an ICBM coming down or warhead dropping, if you're close to it, your best bet is to run towards it because then you vaporize instantly and you don't suffer. But if you're in the thermal wave you're going to be like screaming in agony as your skin is melting and then you slowly die so and then if depending on the weapon they use if it's got a radioactive radius or fallout oh man i wonder if like when really horrifying things when, sarin's worse sarin gas is way worse if when a human dies it's forced to watch the evolution of the species in fast forward after the moment they die and you like see all the things that you did in life how it affected everything and, and because of you and your actions whether for good or evil you caused this to happen and here's how you caused it and you just get to see it all and you like the regret the amount of hell that you would burn in if you didn't do what you knew you could have done in life so take advantage of it while you're here what happens is you uh wake up in in, in like a carnival and there's a carnival barker and he's yelling and he shows you a, a chart that has all of the different probabilistic branches of your life and they're playing circus music and dancing as they do it and then you're just like huh so I would have been an astronaut if I went to school when, you know, on that one day. If I didn't call in sick, I would have been a race car driver? Man, who would have saw that coming? Contingencies. I mean, this is the crazy thing. Like, if they really, if they, I, mean, I obviously don't think that really happens. But if that were possible, 
you could look at someone's life and be like, if when you were seven years old, you didn't pick up that quarter, you would not have been on Timcast IRL. You would have actually been in the Amazon building sustainable huts. And it's like, wow, that one quarter was I love, the That's chaos theory. I love well, it's that because stuff. you picked the quarter up, which brought you to another point where it's like you could buy the bag of chips or not. You bought the bag of chips and then you gave it to someone. That person became your friend. They introduced you and then it creates this huge pathway that just that quarter. It's amazing. Man. One conversation can change your entire life. Yeah. Tommy Groshong says, Ian is on fire tonight. Well done, good sir. And then he says a word I can't, uh, I can't read. In also, Cyrillic? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, right there. Where is it? It says, um, Mono AU. <laughs> Molo. Molo. Ah, it's far away. I, I'm not able to see it. Mo, that, that's an L. That L is the curvy little N looking thing. Molo de. Molo de. Uh, I can't read that last letter. Also, nice to see Luke again. Will too. No. Yeah. It's too oh. bad. It's an up, upside down U. No, wait. It's a regular, up, it's a regular U. <laughs> but it's got a thing hanging from it. Molo de. Molo de. I don't know how you pronounce that. Molo de. Maybe it's not an English word. <laughs> I think it's... Uh, yeah. Oh, interesting. What was that? How do you say that in phonetically? Oh, the hum- Huntsman.net says, I wrote a song about the persecution of conservatives using theme- themes from Solzhenitsyn. The Huntsman is free to listen on my site. Cool. That's cool. Hunter says, Rods from God cost too much to use. What does that mean, too much? Yeah. It's hard to get that much tungsten in outer space. I think that you're right, though. About, it's called kinetic bombardment. It doesn't have to be tungsten. Yeah. Tinhead says, we don't have rods from God because the tungsten rods are too heavy to send up. That and the rockets would have to be so massive that they wouldn't get off the ground with our current technology. Maybe we have better technology. How do you know? Yeah, you what if we have one rod at a time, you know? Run what up. if we have anti-grav and we just snap our fingers and then it whoop, floats right up? Mm-hmm. Who knows? All right. Where are we in the old superjets? Mexicali says, you're not my dad, Ian. I won't get in the van. You do what you think is right, but Garhan don't panic. That's says, for sure. how did Ian avoid the van with candy when he was five? Did his <laughs> parents have, have to have him on a lead strap? He does whatever he is told by anyone. <laughs> That's a funny assumption. Or are you on strings? No, I'm actually very, uh, I'm very confrontational and don't like being told what to do. No, but like children usually are like on leashes sometimes. I, I was just, parents I would have been punished like, completely. This makes no sense My parents would have punished me like, God came down and smoked me with lightning if I had done something like that. Smote. Yeah. Bobcat says, Elon Musk is going to win. Twitter is in clear breach of contract, and that's before you even get into Twitter's Epsteinish content problem. Will? Um, uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> that's wrong. Uh, Twitter did not breach its contract. What, are you some kind of lawyer? Yeah, what am I, some kind of lawyer? Uh, Smarty you, pants you over to, here? You need to read the merger agreement, bro. Like, it's not... There's a reason Elon talked about how seller-friendly the merger agreement was when he signed it to get Twitter to agree to sell on the company, right? And all this stuff he wanted about the bots, like, here's, here's the big winner, and this is to understand it. In order to be able to terminate the deal, Elon cannot himself be in breach of the contract, right? right. That was part of the deal. And there's a clause that says Elon had to use his best efforts to consummate the merger. That's how that works, right? When you sign a merger agreement, basically what you're saying is, I will do everything I can to get this over the line, get the regulatory approvals, et cetera. So they have text messages of Elon saying, hey, let's slow this down. Wouldn't be smart to buy Twitter if we if World War III is coming after the merger agreement is signed. That's breach. He won't, doesn't matter what Twitter said or what Twitter did, Elon can't terminate. Like it's, there's so many ways in which this is GG for, you know, Twitter's gonna win this lawsuit. But um, I, I don't want Elon to win. 
I want Elon. I mean, uh, yeah, say, actually, no, you're right. Exactly. Yeah. I don't want Elon to win. I want Elon to be forced to buy Twitter. Yeah. Right. <laughs> like yeah. that's, that would be much better for us than yeah. the current management. So, so it's like, we should be rooting for Twitter right now to win so that Elon right. ends up taking it and fixing it. Exactly. Yeah. And I think, but I, I mean, this is, this isn't actually a close question. There's a reason that the Twitter stock price has been jumping since, uh, you know, Elon announced his quote unquote termination. It's because most analysts have realized that Elon's probably going to lose. Thor says, if World War III kicks off, are you worried about getting drafted, Tim? No, I'm 36. It's going to be the 18-year-olds fighting this war, as per usual. Yeah, I'm old. Well, you know, a lot uh, yeah, of the yeah, we're all old a, a lot of the eighteen year olds don't have a lot of testosterone and don't have a lot of <laughs> bone muscle mass. And if you look at the conscripts in Russia, a lot of them are on the older side. So it, it depends on how desperate the situation is. I do see the future wars being fought with robots, but with enlistment at an all time low, I do see yeah, thirty thirty year olds, forty year olds possibly even being drafted if there's a potential crazy situation. Ashbro says, power is out here in North Carolina. Generator is going, and my awesome wife, who I love dearly, is half asleep, leaning against me. Not a bad way to end the night. Man, that's crazy. Hurricane Ian crosses over Florida, just wreaking havoc, and then curves and goes back into South Carolina. That is brutal. Uh, when I was meditating on it, I was like, I'm going to disperse this this thing. And then, so I tried to visualize moving the wind in the opposite direction to make it push to a standstill. And then, then like vacuuming out that center eye or hitting it with lightning or something, like just charging it or de discharging it. And it stopped. I was watching the the radar and it and it paused for a moment. But I wonder if I just pulled it back like a slingshot by doing that, not committing no, no, no. to the... You see, what happened was it was crossing. Here's Florida and it's crossing over. And then you were like, go the other way, go the other way. And then it turns back and hits South Carolina. It was right before it made landfall in Florida. You can see for a moment, right before it hits, it stops and starts to go west. And you're like, whoa, did we just avert catastrophe? And then it goes in hard. And then it comes back around like a boomerang. Wicked. It's brutal stuff, man. It is unfortunate. David Troutman says, never got a response from my emails about building the Tim Caster guitar, ready to buy these meteorite pieces and dragon scales. Got to replace the, the fender behind you. Uh, yes. Um, send an email to, I don't know. I have an email on, on the website. So go to the website and you can look up my email. There you go. Easiest way to do it. And then email me about it. STL Phone Fixer says, your cat isn't drinking enough water. That's his problem. He's got more than enough water. Not only do we have numerous little water things for him, we have the we have two water fountains that filter the water, and then we even turn the sink on for him. Yeah, he gets cats don't really like drinking water. That's uh, that's the thing yeah. about cats. They normally like to yeah. get their. They don't actually need that much moisture, and they like to get it from their food. Yeah, we give him all of the best possible food, and instead he just wants to eat squirrel. Yep. <laughs> right, because it's moist. No, we give him the moist, crazy stuff. Oh, you, you, you give him the canned food? We, we, we have fancy canned shreds. We have, we have yeah. all the different food, and we're like, which one do you want? And then he just looks at you, and he goes, ah. yep. And then you're like, I don't know what squirrel. that means. And then he goes outside, and he gets a squirrel. It was funny, because he was killing, he was eating baby bunnies for a while. And we were, <laughs> we, were, we were making fun of him, because we were like, it's so pathetic. It's like, you're an adult cat. He's working up okay? to it, okay. Well, he still can't catch an adult bunny, but he got squirrels, so... But we, you're not, like, nothing we can do about it. He's not supposed to, but that's who he is. He's a little predator. He just wants to kill, you know? Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's in him. Oh, cats are predators, we, hardcore. Oh, yeah. We didn't let him outside for a while, and the vet was like, don't, ticks, all that other stuff. And he was obviously depressed. He would just lay and sleep all day, and he was getting fat, and he was just groaning. And then we were like, this is no way to live. You know, it's like, maybe his life will be more dangerous, but that's life. 
So now we let him go outside, and now he's a happy little little jag off. And Monster. He, when we don't let him outside, he pisses on the floor. <laughs> mm-hmm. So he's he's figured it out. Those damn toxoplasmic spreaders. Mm-hmm. Toxoplasmosis. Mm-hmm. What do we got? Tim McDonough says, just finished watching Hocus Pocus 2. Here's the breakdown. One trans adult, one trans kid, five drag queens, one gay interracial couple, one patriarchy reference. Ooh. I still don't know what the movie's about. Hocus Pocus? Well, yeah. You've never seen the first one? No, that Bette Midler movie? Yeah. Oh, God. No. <laughs> no, <way. laughs> no. I'm good. No, yeah. is it good? Uh, no, oh. but everybody, millennials are nostalgic, so they pretend like it is. Oh, Dumb. okay. Yeah. And Bette's all right. She's a good actor. It's like the witches want to live forever, so they have to eat a kid, I, I think. Checks out. Oh. Is that what it is? They eat the kid. But it was no campy? Idea. Was it like a like a Disney movie? Yeah. So they didn't want to really eat the kid? Like he wasn't and then like, like they're ripping him open or anything like they that. They turn the kid's brother into a cat, but the cat's immortal. So like, whenever the cat gets run over, it just reinflates or something. Oh, brutal. Yeah, and it can speak English for some reason. Like the witches turns a cat, a person to a cat, but like lets them still speak English for whatever reason. Okay. I don't know. I guess people like it. Whatever. I don't think I'm gonna watch the. Uh, I don't think I'm gonna watch that movie. Jeff, the handyman, says gas is back up to five twenty-five in Washington. Well, congratulations, I Washington. You already put your so eight dollars and sixty-eight eighty or something in in California. You guys see yep. that picture? Somewhere is that real? There, yeah, that's right. What do we got? Porkins Hold it says this war with Russia and China has been going on since twenty nineteen. Hack of solar wind under Trump administration. China twenty twenty release of COVID funding BLM rights. Fentanyl illegal immigrants buying and sitting in farmland. I mean. Some of those things we just don't know for sure, right? So figure it out, I guess. I don't think, yeah, the, the China COVID stuff, I don't think was an intentional release. Lab leak makes sense because I don't think you would have seen U.S. interests in China working together if they were at war with each other. No, lab, lab leak makes sense. It's also why our, you know, why did we poo-poo lab leak so much? Because our government was implicated in right. that too. I don't believe we in accidents and incompetencies when there's so much criminality out there. Thor yeah, that's like says, the fundamental difference between you and I. Like, yes. You, you believe in... You're, Sinister... You, you attribute to malice what I attribute to stupidity. Exactly. Thor <laughs> says... And we both could be right. <laughs> you are not right. too old to be drafted. I am if they... Uh, unless they increase the uh, drafting age like they did in Russia. So that's a possibility. But yeah, I'm still not worried about it. I just... I just I'm not worried about it. I think if it came to the point, that point, it would just be absolute breakdown and chaos in the United States. The, 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 the political system in this country is so broken as it is. I just don't see that happening. But my friends, if you haven't already, would you kindly smash that like button, subscribe to the channel, share the show with your friends, become a member over at TimCast.com. We have an amazing uncensored show Monday through Thursdays. You can check out all the episodes from the week and going all the way back to the start of the show or at the start of this uh, last year, I think. We started doing 2021. Uh, smash that like button. You can follow the show at TimCast IRL. You can follow me at TimCast and follow our Twitter account, Timcast News for news stories from the Timcast News team. Will, do you want to shout anything out? Um, just the Internet Accountability Project and the Article 3 Project. Check especially IAP, theiap.org and uh, the underscore IAP on Twitter. There was a big, uh, I mean, we didn't really talk about it because I didn't mention it and or bring it up before the show, but, you know, there's a big antitrust bill yesterday that passed and mm-hmm. should have gotten a lot more Republican votes. He only got like 39, but IAP has been pushing for it. Heritage has been pushing for it, so... Um, lots of good stuff for big tech on the or, or bad stuff for big tech, good stuff for us nice. on the horizon. 
you're uh, you're amazing in those cartoons. An honor. Thank you for being here. LukeUncensored.com is my website. I did a very interesting video on the larger agenda yesterday. It's in the members area. I will be doing another AMA on that platform soon. You could be a part of it on LukeUncensored.com. And thank you so much for everyone in the chat room calling for the Lear milkers. I appreciate it very much. If you guys want to get involved with taking control of your life and reality, learn Russian as well. You can go to where I went last night, which is RussianForFree.com and uh, start there. It's actually very interesting when you start to learn something that a lot of people on Earth already know. It feels like you're coming home. There's a sense of like you you're supposed to know it. It makes a lot of sense. You understand why people think the way they think all of a sudden. And it's, it's a very awesome feeling. I hope that you get a chance to do that and um, take care of yourself this weekend. For sure. Well, thanks, everybody, for joining us this evening with Will, our good friend. Um, you guys can follow me on TwitterMinds.com at Sarah Petulitz, as well as SarahPetulitz.me. All right, man. It's been, a, it's been a great week. We've got uh, some fun weekend plans, so thanks, everybody. Wait, Tim, Tim, before we, before we end it here, I, I said I was done. I'm not really done. Wait, i got to show you guys this. What's he doing? What's he? Wait, wait, no, 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 no. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.